everybody. Listen to Cool Domain. This is Colin. I'm Sean. I'm Buggy. Alright, so lots of stuff to talk about. Um, E3 just happened last weekend before last? Last week. Last? Oh yeah, it was last week. So all the press conferences were before that. And this is episode 52. It is June 24th, 2017. Just figured I'd go ahead and get that out of the way. Um... Yeah, so we're just going to go down the list about all the, the big announcements, uh, just kind of one conference at a time. If we have something to say about it, opinions, thoughts, something we're excited about, uh, we'll talk about it. If there's something, you know, and if it doesn't really matter to any of us, we'll just kind of brush over it. So. Well, I I got a pet peeve I want to get out of the way, and it has to do with like every conference, not just E3, but when they show off gameplay for like racing games like Need for Speed. Maybe if it's not too much trouble, they could get someone who can actually drive in the game to show it <laughs> off instead of just slamming into everything because it's really annoying. When well, are you talking about the new Need for Speed, the Fast and the Furious one? Because uh, that whatever. one, they're supposed to be like knocking it. It's more like a burnout game than it is in. Yeah, but you know. the, they were showing it, and the guy driving was just slamming into everything, and he was talking about how he's pulling off like sick moves, but he's just like running into a stop sign. Oh, I didn't like, notice that. But that wasn't Forza. That was in. That no, was, it was in the Need for Speed, Speed one, but it's. But it's like every driving game in every like conference. Like, please just get somebody who can drive the car straight. <laughs> Maybe they okay. think that'd be boring. Because it makes the game look like shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. if, if we're on the topic of pet peeves right before we get into the news, my big one, especially for the E3 conferences, is the fake mic chatter. Oh, the banter? Over games. Oh my gosh, yeah, so annoying. terrible. Anthem, uh, yeah, I want to talk about it when we get, when we do, Anthem's the new Bioware one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, When we get to Anthem, I want to talk about that because that it throws me off sometimes. And there have been other games in the past like um, Ubisoft does it. They did it for um, the division. Ghost Recon. Recon, Wild. Wildlands. Whatever. God. Yeah. It it really threw me off back in the division trailer because when they're talking, they're kind of role playing. And I'm like. Okay, so is this like the characters talking to each other? And then they'll kind of be like, oh, Tommy's going to hop on and join us. And I'm like, no. Yeah, that's I, the thing. The, the way they make it, like a lot of times it sounds like it's just the characters talking to each other. And then they'll <laughs> say something and it makes you realize, oh, they're supposed to actually just be playing back and yeah, forth. Yeah, but they did this that with Echo Squadron. Too. We're going to flank from the right. All right. Go, 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 go. Yeah, it, it really it no throws me off. Yeah, in no real one life, does. It's like I mean, get the fuck in there. Like yeah. I'm tired. They should really have like a 12 year old boy and like a 42 year old man. Your mother and <laughs> you know like a 40 year old guy trying. You know, hey, he's like guys. Let's can we keep it together? Can we focus on the objective? And you know, one guy whose mic is always on with crappy music playing in the background and a baby crying. That would be realistic. Yeah, or they're like talking on the phone. Now hold on, I gotta have a smoke break. Fucking dude, we're in the middle of a mission. <laughs> I think he just went AFK and he's just standing there. 
Like best demo. I mean, to me, that's that. That's you know not indicative of the experience you're going to have. That's almost as bad as showing fake gameplay. Yeah, when we get to Anthem, I'll t- we'll kind of walk through it because I want to talk about that too. Uh, but we'll, we'll we'll get to it. But yeah, Ubisoft is really they've always been really bad about that. Um, so because you'll because you'll be watching it and you'll be like, is this a single player game? Is this a multiplayer game? This is a co-op game. Um, anyway, so Xbox, they kicked it off on Friday? Friday? I think they had their own thing. They kicked it off. Maybe they kicked it off. Are these in order? I don't know if this list is. I don't think this list is in order. I think EA kicked it off. EA was the first. Yeah, so we're going to start with them. No, we'll just go down the list in order. It'll be easier for everyone to keep track. Okay, we'll start. We'll just start with Xbox because they're at the top. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I mean, otherwise we're going to be like jumping all around. Uh, well, they did Forza Motorsport Seven. Uh, Sean, this is more your area of expertise. What? Uh, what's? It, how did you feel about that? It's going to be a hundred gigabytes. <laughs> hey, man, that's the world we live in now. But it's coming with like seven hundred cars at launch, so. That's pretty good. Are, is yeah, there, I'm, I'm getting it for sure. Is there damage modeling? Uh, Force has always had damage modeling. Okay, it's not cool. like super amazing, but they have it. So I don't know. I've always said, man, I've said it for years because I was like, if they release Force on PC, I'll get them. And they started with Horizon 3 and I got it. And Force 7's coming. I'm going to get it. <laughs> At E3, wasn't there also like some kind of a Porsche uh, Porsche reveal? that kind of went along with that? Yeah, they were going on and on about their 911. Is it just like a new one that they announced? I don't know. I don't really care. Okay. Uh, and I, I think, just want the video game. I think there used to be an exclusivity deal with Porsche and EA. They did. So now... But that's over. Yeah, so so you're going to have Porsches in uh, Forza, right? I'm assuming? Yeah. Then now they're, they're in other games now, too, finally. Cool. Fuck EA. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Motorsport 7, and that, I'm guessing you're going to be getting it on PC. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. um, like, as far as I know, like, with the uh, Xbox games or Microsoft games now, because I did it with Horizon 3, it's like, I got my copy from Amazon, and if you buy the uh, the console version, you also get a code for the PC version. Yeah, I thought that was a pretty cool um, initiative. So a lot of the time with the Xbox stuff, if it's exclusive, you can also play it on PC. I don't. I, I like yeah, that. That's, that's, I think it's good for that's PC. That's why I players. like when I bought it from Amazon. I bought the console edition, and it just and I got the Windows code with it too. So you you get it on both now, which is great. But you know, I'm I'm gonna get them on PC, especially for the driving games and stuff. That way, I can mm. crank everything up, and the new weather effects look really good. So. Speaking of Xbox, a uh, big announcement from them. I mean, we all knew it was coming. Project Scorpio was officially announced as Xbox One X. So let's just let's break that down real quick. Just that name. How do you guys feel about the name Xbox One X? I figured it out. It's an acronym <laughs> that spells Xbox. X. Xbox One X. Yeah, but the B in Xbox uh-huh. is lowercase. Yeah, but still, no, yeah, no, the X-Bone, it's the Xbox. As, <laughs> full circle. And the next one's just going to be called the Xbox 360 again. They'll just do it in a different <laughs> I way. I hope so. 
really Xbox One so. X360. <laughs> yeah. That would be awesome. If they just keep adding Xbox One X360, the next one will be the Xbox One X361. And then the After, Xbox One X360 One X. The name doesn't bother me. After we got a console called the freaking Wii, it doesn't really, like, not that I could top that, I think. That's we a silly a, name. We live in a post-Wii world. So. <laughs> Wee Wii. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's kind of, it's going to be $400, or no, $500. Um, it's the smallest console they've ever made. The size, uh, they put it next to the controller and it, it looks small. I think it looks sleek. Uh, so this one's to... only about the size of a carnival cruise ship. <laughs> well, it, it reminds me of, uh, kind of about the size of like the original PlayStation two. And I like the design of that one. That one, that console looked good. Well, the color accents were real good on the PlayStation Two. Like, I like the yeah. I got the uh, when I got I got the base, the vertical base, mm-hmm. and it was like the blue that had the gradient. So it was like the PS Two was space, and like the base was kind of like the Earth's atmosphere kind of looked like. I did the same thing. I got the base, and the thing I love about the PS Two and the PS Three followed suit is so I would I kept mine vertical, and. Um, and the little icon was sideways, and I was like, "Man, oh yeah, yeah, yeah." Well, I guess I guess I can just break it off and then glue it on the right way up. And then as I went to kind of like twist it to twist it off, it just turned, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh my god, they thought of it! <laughs> they thought of everything! <laughs> like this little detail is something that they've already figured out." And so I was able to uh, to turn it, and I think. Yeah, the PlayStation 3 does the same thing. You can rotate the little symbol if you have it vertical or if you have it horizontal. Hold on, I don't know. I got one right here. Yeah, you can turn that little... Could you turn it? Whoa! (laughs) So I knew the... It's only been out for like 10 years. I did not know that the PS3 did it. Because I have my broken PS3 sitting right here at my feet. So I just reached down and turned it. Yeah. Oh, man. Well... Now, you know, a bit late, but... <laughs> well, hey, <laughs> maybe some other people out there will be like, wow. Like, yeah, because I knew the PS2 did it, because I think when like the manual for the base said that you could do it. And I was like, oh, cool. But You actually read the, the manual? For, you were like, I got the base. I better read the manual to see how well, it you works. Know, I was <laughs> through it. Well, you just put it in. <laughs> I mean, that's very thorough of you, Sean. I think it's it a good call. So it's always good to read the instructions, even if you don't follow them. Um, yeah, I could do it better. <laughs> I, I mean, I was just going to break the fucking thing off and glue it back on. So I don't know. I was pretty amazed when they did that. And then that was like the first thing I checked when I got a PS3. I was like, does this one do a two? And it did. And I was like, yes. It was very exciting. It's the little things, man. Um, but the Expo One X uh, seems small. It's $500. I think the axing price... Jesus, the asking price, the axing, <laughs> I think they're axing too much. Now, the asking price is a little high, but when you look at the specs, you can't even build a PC that fast. I don't think fast. it's that high. I, th- I, th- I think it's a good option, and I think they really need to lock down more first-party stuff, but it's really hard to get PC gamers on board 
because they're kind of already hooking us up, as we'd already talked about. So Yeah, it's about damn time, too. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, and I feel we're actually kind of getting decent ports now. Whereas, remember back in, like, I don't know, 2007, 2008, ports to PC all just sucked. Um, and, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, um, I haven't... The only one I've actually played that's a full release is Forza Horizon 3, and it runs butter smooth, and it looks great. I did Gears of War 4, and it ran great, and it looked really good. Uh, So that was kind of my experience with that. And I did Quantum Break, which did not run great. (laughs) It ran like a bag of ass when it came out. They fixed it. It took them like six months, and then I finally played it, and I was like, okay, this is good. This is smooth. Um, but I think they were still figuring out the the kind of games uh, games for Windows thing for this generation. But uh, by the time Gears of War 4 came out, that thing ran butter smooth. Uh, I had a high refresh rate monitor. I was pretty much running at 144 frames a second the entire time, and that was with everything maxed out. It just... It was a really well optimized optimized game on PC. So even optimized, very optimized. <laughs> uh, Minecraft in 4K. Yeah, yeah, that's something everybody wants. Um, All right, Crackdown Three. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I, I is Terry Crews going to be in the game? You know, I don't even care. It was worth it just to watch him in the trailer. I'm still I waiting for him to, to come game. to Overwatch. Yeah, oh my god. Just his character from Crackdown 3's trailer in Overwatch. <laughs> <laughs> He's just the Crackdown guy. Yeah. Um, I I played the first Crackdown in it for the 360, and it was really, really great at the time. Yeah, games, I remember when it came out, man. It got pretty good reviews. Yeah, that was like one of those system it. sellers. Ga- games were simpler back then, and it played uh, really well, and it had a lot of cool like traversal mechanics and collecting. It made like collecting orbs fun, which is something that hadn't been fun in games for a while at that point. Um, then Crackdown Two came out, and it was all zombies, and it was not fun. Um, but Crackdown Three, it just it feel for me, it feels like a one trick pony. Uh, it looks just like Crackdown 1. It's the same game again. So I I, I don't know. I feel like I, everything I saw in that trailer, other than Terry Crews, made me feel like I've already played this game and it's way behind the times. And the uh, I remember when they first showed it and announced it, they were like, it's going to use the cloud. There's going to be all these destructible environments. Apparently, that's only going to be in multiplayer. Single player, it's not going to be destructible. It just... I don't, I don't know. They're not selling me on it. What are your guys' uh, thoughts? I don't even have an X-Bone, so... Well, it's first party, so it'll come to PC also. Yeah. I I don't know. Those I I don't think those are really my bag of chips, though. Yeah, I think I'm probably going to skip this one. It just Unless they show something that makes it look like, oh, this is... This is, you know, something new and fresh and worth playing. But otherwise, you know, there's so many other games and it just, it doesn't seem like it's bringing anything to the table. I mean, that's my, from what they showed, maybe they'll show some more stuff. And it's long development cycle doesn't make me very confident. It makes me seem like they're, like they can't lock it down, you know? I don't know. I never played any of them. So this one might be a good one for me to pick up in a few years when it's like 15 bucks on Steam. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, pretty or much. A, or a, the, I'm sorry, the Microsoft Store. Yeah. Windows Store. Uh, whatever it's called. Yeah. I don't know what it's called. <laughs> you're like, I, don't, you're I, like, I, don't fucking I hate it. I hate that store with a passion. It is a piece of shit. It's and, a pain to navigate. I don't I don't enjoy well, it. Either. Not only that, but like when I was trying to buy Horizon 3, like you would go in there and put in the code and like the page just wouldn't load. And you'd refresh and it would just be on like a white screen and I could go back to the Forza page and then when I go back in to like enter the code, it's just a white screen. It took me like 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not a smooth experience. Um, it's not fun. Not fun to navigate. It's not fun to navigate. Uh, another thing real quick on the Xbox One X. They said Forza is going to run at 4K native, 60 frames a second. I think that's that's pretty impressive if it's native and not just like the, the checkerboard kind of deal. We'll have to see, man. I don't know. The way – the Forza game is one of the things I think that's a big selling point. They always look pretty good. I mean, those graphics are nice, and I don't, I mean, the specs are okay, but 4K native, I don't know, not at 60. That I mean, that's how I feel. I'm very skeptical. To me, like, because I've got a pretty beefy uh, PC. Yeah, I mean, I don't think my I, computer could run that game at 4K. 60. Yeah. And, the and reason, I have a pretty good computer. Yeah, the reason why, yeah, my computer is considerably faster than Xbox One X, but I, the reason why I I bought the 1080p version of my monitor instead of the 1440 is like, I wanted to be able to get those high frame rates. And if I was running a lot of stuff at 4k, I don't, I don't know that I'd be able to get even 60 frames. Like 4k is super demanding. It uh, is like, yeah. Cause Bucky, you're running at 1440 and that's that, a like, lot of resolution there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm running at 1440 and I can finally keep a stable 60 with the, the 1080. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know that Xbox One X is going to be doing 4K. We, I mean, we're yet to see it, but it is going to have, uh, similar to the Xbox One S, it has a um, UHD Blu-ray player built in, which I think that was the biggest mistake um, PS4 Bring back made. The HD DVDs. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's the biggest mistake that the PS4 Pro made is it did not have an HD DVD player. Um, <laughs> you know, keep up. It's great because those movies are only like fifty cents a piece. Yeah, it's <laughs> true. I mean, really, the Xbox One X should have had a built-in laser disc player. I think that would that would have been I, bigger dude, than. Shut up, because that would be really sweet. Actually, <laughs> it would be bigger. Like the console would have to be bigger. Laser discs are huge. The size of records. I could actually see Sony doing that. So maybe the next Sony console will have a LaserDisc, but LaserDisc 2, it's coming. <laughs> it's, I mean, with the size, if it still had, like, the Blu-ray technology, it could it could probably hold a lot more data. You could hold a shitload of data on that thing. I want it. I want it now. A terabyte of data on one LaserDisc. Man, the future. The things that could be. I'm going to put one in my be. car. <laughs> and you're <laughs> You have to put it under the hood. It's the only place it'll fit. This laser disc changer. <laughs> oh god! What? It just takes the entire trunk space. I need a bigger car. You have what? to replace your spare tire area. <laughs> what if the laser discs were the size of spare tires? 
but oh the, thinner, obviously. You know what? Or not. I mean, not it kind of reminds me of how ridiculous 8-track tapes are. I mean, look at a cassette. You can put a whole album on there. And you got this big-ass 8-track. has like one song on it. <laughs> and it sounds like shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves. <laughs> That's the next one on the list. <laughs> um, so this is Rare's game. It looks like it would be a lot of fun with the right group. I think solo, it'd be dumb balls. But I think with people, the the thing I like is you actually find treasure maps and you have to actually like search for the treasure. Like you're just pirates. And then if if everyone leaves the ship and you start looking for the treasure, someone can just come jack your ship. They can just hop on and be like, all right, guess there's no crew. And like they're and they can just ride off. I mean, you know, don't just leave your ship laying around. Yeah, so you got to leave, like, people, you know, maybe someone on the cannons and someone, you know, to steer it. If people start showing up, they can kind of let you know. And the naval battles look fun, and it's it looks arcadey and cartoony enough to be just, like, really fun. But also the gameplay seems like you could take it pretty seriously, too, if you wanted. And, like, legit try and be piratey. Um I don't know. I it's it's if I the I would get it if I had a dedicated group of people who were like super into it. But I think otherwise it's a game that'll be really fun to watch, to see like highlights, kinda like Battlegrounds. If you're not into the game, it's still fun to see highlights from other people's gameplay. Yeah. Um, I think it'd be a heavily streamed game. Probably. Those those games are watching the trailer for it, it, it seems very streamer friendly. Mm-hmm. Which uh I mean, that's a selling point for some games now. Yeah. Um, I I don't think I would pay full price for it. If it went on sale and there was a couple other people who were going to get it on sale and everyone was like, oh, well, let's try it out over the weekend. I think like if I could get it for $30 and I played it for 10 hours over a weekend or something, I th- I think that could be worth it. Um, but I, for me, I just don't think I have the schedule to be able to put the time in. But I think me like us in high school this would have been a great game to like land party you know yep. i think uh so i think it's got a lot mm. of potential for people uh i just don't know about for me but i think it looks like a great game it does sean state of decay 2 yeah <laughs> <laughs> did you did you even look at sea of thieves not really <laughs> Can I call from San Antonio, Texas? Why are all these people calling me? Who is Col- Colorado? Is yes, last, right? Colorado and now San Antonio. I'm like, I don't. It's what? call spoofing. It happens to me all the time. What is it? What is that? It's mean? they're scammers. Oh, what's call spoofing? Does so they have an auto dialer that's spoof. Like it's cloning a number that exists and uh, calling you from it. Well, they're um. And the last one left a voicemail. I don't know. I'll listen to it when, when we're done. Uh, it could be about an open house tomorrow that I was going to check out. Anyway, back to game. State of Decay 2 uh, looks just like State of Decay 1 to me. Um, when you have games like Days Gone coming out, I feel like we had a, a lot of zombie fatigue. There have been a lot of zombie games lately. State of Decay 2, I, I'm not really excited. I'm, I'm going to skip it. I tried the first one. I didn't really like it that much. To tell you the honest truth, I think I'm just about zombied out at this point. I am. I never 
played the first one, had no interest. I have no interest in this one. So yeah. So the so Xbox conference didn't really have a lot for me. Uh, um, new Metro game. Was that at the yeah Xbox yeah that was at the the Microsoft one and oh, that yeah. actually looks great. It looks pretty amazing. Now, have you guys played the other two? Oh yeah, I played uh, the last one that came out. Last Light. The they keep like re-releasing them, so I keep getting confused about which one was the last one that well, actually came out. Metro, and then it's got numbers. I think it was Last Light. Is the one. And then Last Light, I think, was the second one. I played them both. They, They're both great. Um, I think Last Light's the one I played. It was really fun. I feel like they're more of a linear stalker kind of game. Um, you can yeah. play on like Ranger mode, which the which with the last one with Last Light to get that extra difficulty mode. I think they had some dumb thing going on where you had to pre-order the game to get that difficulty mode, or you could, yeah, like, it was time locked. Yeah, and that that's dumb. Don't that's do that, games. Dumb. Don't do that. Um, Exodus looks fun. Yeah, there's like the the shoot, the knocking the 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 I don't want to call it a zombie bear, the mutant bear off the cliff thing was kind of cool. I uh, it just looks like a lot of the same good stuff. Metro was really good, the first one. Uh, I was kind of like a surprise hit. Came from a smaller dev, uh, and it was great. Second one just kind of kept that torch going the stealth combat was pretty fun um yeah no this one looks real good so was it the trailer was mostly just showing off environments and then what he's running through a tunnel being chased by some stuff and um and then he decides to shoot a mutant bear with a crossbow which didn't seem like the smartest idea how did he knock it off the cliff i can't remember Oh, it's like an explosive crossbow bolt? Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think that's what he used. Yeah. Um, so it was a gameplay demo. We got to actually kind of see it in action. I feel like those always look a little floaty because they're trying to show off the environment. So they're always like moving the thumbstick really slow to kind of like look around. It, it. They also seem very heavily scripted. And that's one of the things that I'm going, I'd like to talk about when we get to the Nintendo one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, a lot of the quote unquote gameplay footage that we saw still seemed like it was very heavily scripted. Yeah. Like it's real, just vertical slice. Um, anyway, they've, they haven't let me down with the last two games. So I'm, I'm anticipating this one. I think it'll be good. And so that is. Let's let's real quick before we wrap up with Xbox and Microsoft, their language about using that word exclusive. I don't think they know what the word exclusive means. Right? Every I, trailer would be like console launch exclusive, exclusive, exclusive like, on Xbox One X, exclusive yeah. on Sony PlayStation. Yeah. Except also coming out for PS. Or, except also coming out for Xbox, PC, and Switch. Yeah. The Xbox ones, though, especially, I feel like every trailer, it said exclusive. And then you look up the information, you're like, nope, this is coming out on PS4 and PC, too. It's not It's not exclusive. I don't know. It, the whole thing was very... I think the only two real exclusives uh, are Forza and Crackdown. 
I guess Sea of Thieves also, but those three are also coming to PC. No, State of Decay. That's going to be an Xbox exclusive. But all these are coming to PC also. So it's just, I don't know, it's weird. Console exclusive, maybe? Yeah, yeah. So if I guess they don't consider PC users actual, like, gamers so no, I, PC I, players aren't gamers everyone knows that that's true well i i disagree i think that microsoft considers pc part of the xbox family like i i think that's how they're treating now but kind of like sean was talking about like if you get a you get an xbox one game you get a code as long if you buy it digitally you get a code for the pc version too so i mean i think they kind of are just rolling it together so they can feel like this is our exclusive because they feel like they own the PC platform, which is weird, but I mean, that's okay. It means we get games, whereas the last generation, we were, or the last two, we were locked out. You know, it's because was game- they want to sell consoles. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad they're finally coming around. Yeah. I'm not buying an Xbox. No, <laughs> but that's what I like. I think they're okay with that. As long as we're still buying the games from them. They're okay with us not buying an Xbox. And I think that's that's kind of a cool mentality to have to where they're like, yeah, or you can get it on PC if you want to play that way. And I'm like, great, because I didn't want to get an Xbox. And they're like, that's fine. Here, you can still have the game. Whereas before it was like, the only way you can play it is if you buy an Xbox. And yep. I, I feel like it's kind of good guy Microsoft, at least to PC players, you know. Um, so moving on to companies that don't do that <laughs> playstation but luckily i have a ps4 so i'm not locked out of these um days gone i they first showed this i feel at the maybe not the ps4 reveal event maybe one of the first psx's but it just had the guy and he's getting swarmed by zombies and i was like great another zombie game and then the last demo we saw before this E3 was just a little – it just seemed like more of the same thing. This new one, though, has really changed my mind. It definitely feels – There's so many zombies. Yeah. I think that the zombies work as a hive mind is really neat. And I think I'm actually kind of intrigued by the story. So you play as a bounty hunter and you're bounty hunting. And you got a motorcycle. Yeah, it's not It's not just, oh, we're in a zombie-infested world and we have to try to survive. Because that's what every other zombie game is about. It's about you versus the zombies and trying to get to a cure or trying to escape. This is a game where you're not trying to do either of those things. You're trying to hunt other humans as a bounty hunter. Like, like you're like, okay, the world's fucked. That's fine. We're going to leave that alone. I still got to make money. And I think that that's really cool. And the way that you can utilize these swarms of zombies to take out enemy camps and stuff is, is really neat. Like in the demo, we saw him sneak in. He was trying to rescue, I think his brother and he put C4 on, uh, like this barricade and then hid blew up the C4. All the zombies rushed in and started attacking the camp. And then he snuck around while that was happening, climbed up and was able to, to free his brother. And the other thing about the game though, is that the world is persistent so if you put C4 down in a place and then drive miles away and do some stuff and come back, that C4 you placed is still there. So like you can set up – if you know you need to go into an area, an area to complete a mission, you can set up an escape route for yourself. And then as you're leaving, you can kind of like set off your traps or, or, or anything you set up along that route to help you out because it, 
it's all persistent. And I think that's, that's a really cool feature to, um, to have going on. Yeah. But just to play devil's advocate, I wonder how much of that was, you know, purely scripted so that they could show it off and how much you'll actually get to use those mechanics playing through the game. Yeah. And that's, uh, I, I think that's fair to be skeptical about that because again, they're, they're trying to sell a product at the end of the day. So they're going to kind of make it look as good as it can. It just gave yeah. me some good last of us vibes. And I like, it just, it seemed like fun. I, I want to see more, but I'm, I'm considerably more interested now than I was previous where I was just, uh, it's like, great, a game where you get overrun by zombies. Whereas now I see like, okay, it's, it's going a bit deeper than that. So, uh, did you happen to, to see the trailer for that, Sean? Uh, I didn't see the trailer. I saw some highlight stuff from it. Yeah. From Any thoughts? Chats. I don't know. I want to see more. It looks really good. It looks, uh, from what I've seen, it looks a little bit different than the uh, your classic zombie game. There was hey, if anything, it looks like a plus. good tech demo to see how many uh, different rendered models you can have on the screen at once. You can do that with that super epic battle simulator or whatever it's called. Which is fantastic. <laughs> is that on PS4 or is that on PC, super epic battle? PC. Uh, I might check into that. It sounds fun. You can have an army of penguins versus an army of, like... Temple turtles or chickens or yeah, or knights or whatever. Is, this, is it free? <laughs> is it on Steam? It's on Steam. It costs money though. <laughs> okay. It costs dollars. Yeah. Um. Uh. One more thing about Days Gone. One thing I liked in the trailer. So you're going to rescue your brother and you're driving down the road. And I I wonder if this is a scripted event or something that can randomly happen as you're playing. But he's riding on his motorcycle and he hits a trip cord that they put at about chest height if you're riding and it just knocks him off his bike. And then these, uh, these guys are ambushing him and that fight reminded me again, a lot of like last of us stuff. So he ends up like killing one dude. And then the other guy, he ends up wrapping a rope around his neck and like strangling him next to a tree. And just like that brutality and struggle of the fight. Um, it, I don't know. It just seemed real, real intense. Whereas in the first last, well, one of the early last of us trailers, I, they did something similar and I saw that and I was like, Oh yeah, well that's all scripted. There's no way the game's going to randomly play like that. That's going to be like one set event, but the game did play like, like, like that. There were moments in last of us that weren't just a scripted thing, but people responded that way. And and it was that brutal and, and intimate and intense, and I really like that. So I'm any like having more of that is something that excites me. So I don't know. I've got some really good vibes when it comes to Days Gone. I'm I uh, I really want to check it out. So I'm I'm looking forward to getting more uh, footage, maybe like a 10 minute gameplay demo uh, that would would be cool, or even just the reviews when it does come out. I don't know if it has an announced date yet. Um, it might. I think Days Gone, they just, I don't think they said anything because I think they wanted to leave it open if they, um, if it's going to come out this year, because it might come out at the end of this year and it might come out at the beginning of next year. And I feel like that's why they didn't give it an announce date because they, um, you know, they want to be able to have those options. So, yes. I agree with you. I'm glad you're excited. I'm excited that you're excited. 
I, I think it's good because there's some games that, you know, I don't get so excited about. But this one, um, this is the one I'm looking forward to. Anyway, uh, God of War, the new God of War. Uh, See, that's what I'm excited for. Yeah, me too. Uh, Daddy Kratos, I think apparently the whole game is going to be one shot. So no cutscenes, no breaking the action, no flashbacks. It's all from beginning to end going to be told in one shot. <clears throat> yeah, and I think it'll... See, the games were... The, the, the past three were really good. And I love that style of game and combat and stuff. But Kratos wasn't a very relatable character. Like, he was actually kind of an asshole. A super asshole. A I was super like, asshole. Just like the biggest like, jerk. You, you kind of hated him by the end I, of the third I game. did. I was like, I think you're taking this a little too far. Yeah. And this, I think, will be a good way to, like, bring him down and make him more of a human and relatable character while keeping that same kind of, I'm the biggest badass. I, yeah, yeah I, hope it, I hope it's kind of redeeming for him, where he's, like, shows some humanity. And maybe, I think having that son character is i don't know if that's like really supposed to be his real son or it gives him a weakness a vulnerability yeah there you go a vulnerability it gives him a vulnerability and something he did not have in the previous games well yeah because in the last couple games how many times has he been killed and then he goes to hades and just climbs right back out i'm like this guy doesn't have a weakness he he literally gets like game he gets impaled by Ares, and then he dies and just Climbs that he's like hell can't contain me, and then he like kills Hades and escapes, and he kills like all the Greek gods. And by the end of the third, spoilers, sorry, but by the end of the third game, he's kind of like fuck the world, and pretty much it ends with like the world ending after he kills yep. Zeus. And you're like, this guy's a dick. He even kills the gods that are just kind of standers by, like Hermes. He and what was the guy who? Um, oh God, it's like the adventure. The there's a greek myth about him he has like the reflective shield and i don't know he kills that guy too and that guy wasn't even doing anything wrong i remember kratos <laughs> is just like fuck you you're in my way and just like rips his head off and i'm like dude you're a dick it it made him really unlikable i i i've never liked kratos as a character i mean i've kind of i appreciate him because he just is like no bullshit but it's so he is what he is. <laughs> yeah, the man just likes to fucking kill. Yeah, the guy's just I don't know. I don't feel like he's that he's not a, he's very flat. So I'm hoping this gives him some depth. Um and I hope through some exposition they explain how he got where he is, but it seems like he's in a foreign land and his son speaks the language cuz like the that serpent thing comes out in the demo. It's Norse. So he's going through the Norse mythology now, and that's one of my favorite sets of pantheons of gods. So the giant serpent at the end of the trailer was um, the world serpent, Jormunder. Mm-hmm. And it, it says it's going to help him. First you think there's going to be a big fight, like the Hydra battle, but then it's it's like, and then he's like, what's it saying? And then his son's like, he wants to help us. I need about tree fitty. Yeah. Look, I just... <laughs> I from the Paleolithic era. And, um, or there was that scene where, uh, they're like climbing and the sun like stabs the zombie monster thing. That's like, I don't know. I think the interaction will be cool. Cause I really liked that to kind of come back to last of us again, the whole Joel and Ellie mechanic. Like, uh, I like that relationship where someone's kind of this 
a slightly more vulnerable, but still an assisting character. Uh, it makes you feel a bond with them, and I think that that's. But it's not straight escort. Yeah, because they're. Terrible. Yeah, because apparently you know your son will be able to like jump on things backs and start stabbing them while you can attack them. I just think it makes things good. I don't know. I I I I'm def. I haven't cared about God of War in a very long time, and this one is making me care about it. Well, I mean, based on the end of the third game, I didn't really think we would be getting another God of War. Yeah, all the others were kind of prequely, like Ascension, and then there was like Chains of Olympus, which I think was PSP, and then there was, a, there was like two PSP ones, and then we had Ascension, which was actually a PlayStation Plus game for PS3, and I think I complained about it on the podcast, as it was... Because the PlayStation 3 has to have twice the amount of storage space as the demo, because it has to download it, then install it, and then it deletes the install file. My 80 gig PS3, even if I deleted everything, didn't have enough room to install God of War Ascension. So I was like, okay, I guess I never get to play it. (laughs) Oh, man. Unless I buy, I mean, I could buy the disc and I could play it, but the digital version i i can't play so i just skipped it i was like all right well because it was free and i would have i totally would have played it but i was like i'm not gonna get a new ps3 to play this game and i'm not gonna buy it so um speeder man heavily scripted out the asshole i don't believe any of that was real gameplay yeah okay so they have addressed that because the biggest complaint people had was oh it's all qtes the game's gonna suck um, they said that this is just a part of the game that they want to show off, like how cinematic some of the boss fights can be, but it is definitely going to be an open world game. Um, it's not all going to be QTEs. It's just going to be in like the, the set piece moments like, like that, that they showed. Um, uh, but yeah, but even the way like he was moving from point A to point B didn't feel real. I, I think because that was part of the scripted thing where since it is that set piece moment, you can only move along that certain path. But I think the game will be open overall, but in those moments like that, you're going to be more confined to do a specific story thing. But I really like the look of the combat because it reminded me a lot of the Batman uh, Arkham games and kind of how he can jump around from person to person and, and respond. And apparently you can't kill people. So there's got things to say. <laughs> <laughs> and um, there's a scene where he kicks someone off the roof, but then he shoots his web at him, grabs him and slams him back onto the building. Um, and I think that that's kind of a cool thing if it automatically does that to keep you from killing people. Because the, the, the developers have said you can't kill people in the game. And I, I don't know. I think that that can keep them at a T rating and, that is kind of keeping in in tone with the majority of Spider-Man. Like, Spider-Man has killed people, but I think it's, you know, he really tries not to. I think that's good. Yeah, like his girlfriend. <laughs> so, Sean, uh, what do you think about this new Spider-Man game? I don't know anything about it. <laughs> okay, fair. And I don't like Spider-Man, so... <laughs> uh. Probably not going to know anything about it. <laughs> Fair enough. I um, it's one of those games where I'll probably watch a review, and if it looks good, then I'll probably pick it up. 
Uh, I think it looks fun enough. I I like Spider-Man enough. Ooh. I haven't played a Spider-Man game in a long time. So not since like, I think the last time I played a Spider-Man game was on N64. And I watched Josh play a lot of them on the Wii. I watched Greg play Shattered Dimensions. So that's the most recent one I've seen. Um, but I feel like this, if they do the kind of Arkham style combat, it'll, it'll definitely make it a lot better. And it, so the story is you, you're like a 26 year old Peter Parker. So you've been Spider-Man for, I think it was like, no, you're like a, you're like a 23 year old Peter Parker and you've been Spider-Man for six years already. So you're already well established and, and that sort of thing. And it seems like you already you'll have all the abilities, but at the end of they hinted um what's his name? The newer Spider Man who's like the uh Miles. Yeah, Miles. Uh they kinda hinted at him at the very end. And so Miles Morales. Yeah, and so I'm think a lot of people are theorizing, myself included, that part of the game you'll play as Peter Parker mentoring Miles who's becoming Spider-Man. So when you're Miles, you'll be unlocking new abilities and learning new things. And when you play as Peter Parker, you'll kind of have like all the powers and stuff. That's what I'm thinking is going to happen. But they've said that the majority of the game will be Peter Parker. But you know how devs, you know, lie sometimes. So we'll see. Uh, I I think it looks good. Last of Us 2 is not at E3, so I don't know why that's on this list. Uh, we know about it. I think we already talked about it when they did the PlayStation Experience reveal, so we can kind of brush over that. I mean, I'm still excited for it, but it's it's a couple years out, I think. Death Stranding. That was uh, also not yeah, that, talked about. Uh, that's going to be on the PS5, so we don't really need to talk about that for about four years. Um, Detroit Become Human. That's the uh, David Cage game. Same guy who did... Heavy Rain and um, Beyond Two Souls. I played, yeah. I played both of those. I did not like Heavy Rain, but I did like Beyond Two Souls. Uh, did you play either of those, either of you? Yeah, I played Heavy Rain. I beat that game. What did you think about it? Eh. <laughs> what about you, Bucky? <laughs> it wasn't that great. I, I played, yeah, I played Heavy Rain too, and it just... It wasn't really what I want out of whenever I sit down to play a video game, so yeah. it, it's not for me. I'm not saying that it's not good, but it's just... It's not good, though. <laughs> I'll say it. Fair. <laughs> I, Fair. So I bought Heavy Rain because the trailers got me really excited, and I bought it at lunch, and I played it for about an hour. And that part where you're, like, in the train station looking for your missing kid, and he's just like, Sean! Sean! That's no, Jason. Jason! Whatever. And you're following this little red bucket. I'm sorry. I just know it wants me still. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> you know the looking point. Looking for his balloon. And he's like, you walk out. What is he, like, run over by a car or some shit? No, he's just gone. Really? He's Jason. Hey, who's Sean, then? Because there's some... Are, are you Are you a character named Sean in that game? Sean's the, um... <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Sean is this song was Jason, game. though, because he's just yelling, Jason! Yeah. Like, oh, Jesus. There's, there's a scene where, like, the FBI guy gets mad. He sits and he's just like, God damn! <laughs> <laughs> dude, the FBI dude, though, I like that guy. He was my favorite character in that game. His the outburst. The detective dude, like the private investigator, whoever he was, the fat guy. 
Yeah. I like them. <laughs> oh, the private investigator guy? Yeah, the investigator. Oh, well, spoilers for a game that came out like 10 years ago. He's the he's the killer. Mm-hmm. Right? Because like his brother drowned at that place, and then he's just like, I don't know, I'm crazy. <laughs> yeah, it... The story got a little convoluted. I just, well, I remember, so one of my friends was doing like a playthrough, so I was just sitting there kind of watching it, and I was like, wow, this game is still shitty. Like, <laughs> like I was like, oh, still bad. It's definitely not hold up, that's for sure. Yeah, I, <laughs> Unless you love quick time events, like if you're addicted to quick time events, play it. You'll love it. Hey, but this is why I don't knock it, though. I know a lot of people who were never really into video games that don't have a lot of, you know, they're not very good at Twitch reflex stuff because they didn't grow up with the Super Nintendo and the things that we did, but love those very cutscene heavy choice driven games. I mean, to be fair, it is supposed to be like it's a super cinematic game where you're kind of just watching the story unfold and you have a little bit of input into how it goes. But as a game, it's. It's not that great. I did like, though, even if you died, like whatever character you were, if you died, the story just still kept going and it would just change, which is kind of neat. I, yeah, I didn't have anyone die, but I do know that, that I did that. I, so I bought it. I played it for about an hour, hour and a half, and then I put it down for like a year. It just sat on my bookshelf. And one day I, w- I just looked at it and I was like, you know what? I'm, I bought this game. I'm going to fucking beat it. So I put it back in. And I picked it back up and I played, I think I beat it in like a day. And then I was like. Yeah, it's a pretty short game. Yeah. And I was like, that wasn't worth it. (laughs) (laughs) I want my time back. I'll lie to you because the trailer was really good. Like the game looked amazing. And then you play it and you're like, eh. It was something new. And so since I learned from that, when Beyond Two Souls came out, I red boxed it. And I beat it in like over a weekend. And I really enjoyed it. I thought the Ellen Page thing was cool. Willem Dafoe. Um, the story was weird and some of it was a little wonky, but overall it was, uh, it was a much better game. So Detroit become human. I don't know. I'm, I'm skeptical. I was going to say cautiously optimistic, but I don't think I'm optimistic because as I was seeing, so the first trailer I saw where it's like a, like last year was a negotiation on a rooftop. I was like, okay, yeah, that, that looks cool. And then the next thing where you're like playing is these revolting robots, which is kind of my worst fear. I was like, I don't like that. <laughs> Make movies like Ex Machina and AI, they really like, they fucked me up, man. I don't. By the way, just, I know it came out a little while ago, but if you haven't seen Ex Machina, See it. It's one of the best movies I've seen in recent years. And it's I amazing. I think it's also, available on Amazon Prime streaming for like if you have Amazon Prime. I think it's available for free on there. It's a fantastic movie. And I the main character looks girl, like not like the main character, but the secondary main character is Colin. Yes, <laughs> so. and he even looks kinda like you. It's amazing. <laughs> I know I tell people that. But but it's a fantastic movie. I love that movie. It, I didn't know what to expect when I saw it, and that's why I think I liked it so much because I wasn't expecting it to be great. I and so it like blew me away. I went in mostly blind, but whenever someone's like, "Oh my god, this character made me think of you," I'm always like, "I gotta watch it." And sometimes it's really good, and other times I'm like, 
Okay. Well, that one next back in it is you. <laughs> I, sure. I know. As soon as the guy shows up, he's like, you want to get drunk? <laughs> but he's like hitting a punching bag and he's got a big beard. And then he's like kind of full of himself. And I was like, shit, yeah, no, I see it. That and um, <laughs> Drinking Buddies. Uh, what's his name? Jake Johnson's character in Drinking Buddies. I've had multiple people tell me that 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 he is me, and I watched it, and I was like, "Yeah, that <laughs> is." To watch it. I was like, "That's really uncanny." Yeah, I think it might still be on Netflix. It used to be, but yeah, like watch that movie, and you'll be like, "Shit, this is um, this is Colin in a movie," and I I'll never watch a movie and then tell other people, "Hey, this character's like me," because that sounds a little full of myself. But when other people say it, when multiple other people say it, I'm like. Okay, I guess I should look into this because this is how people view me. And you know what? Normally, I'm okay with it. Like, even though he was kind of framed as slightly an antagonist in Ex Machina, I was like, I'm on board. He's dancing with his robots, man. I'm okay with that. <laughs> that scene was hilarious. Where he's like dancing and shit. And it, like, I can't watch that movie. I've seen it a number of times now, but I can't watch it without being like, well, what's Colin up to? What is he doing? <laughs> And that makes me happy. I'm I'm a hundred percent okay with that comparison. Plus, I like that actor a lot. That's um, shit. He's the same guy. He's in the new Star Wars movie. He was in Episode Seven. What's his name? I don't even remember the game. He played the cocky pilot guy. Yeah, he played Poe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Poe po Dameron. Dameron. What's his What's his name though? Poe. Okay. Yeah. What's the <laughs> Sure, the Poe Dameron portraying Poe Dameron. <laughs> Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac, that's thank it. you, yeah, buddy. That's it. <laughs> that's it. No, Oscar Isaac and um, Jake Johnson are the two people I've, I have I think are my celebrity lookalikes. So. Who is Hux, by the way? Or, uh, no, uh, the other main character in that movie is Hux. Hmm? Uh, General Hux. Yeah. So that had two Star Wars actors in it. Yeah, but that's not Jake Johnson. That dude's in a lot of stuff. He's no, no, in a not. really good oh, Black yeah, the guy Mirror from Ex Machina. episode, too. Yeah, I, I was talking about Ex Machina. Yeah, yeah, that was General Way tougher as General Hux than um, than he was in Ex Machina. He was like a much more passive character. The guy's got some range. I like that actor. It's a shame uh, Hux got blown up. Did Hux... So He didn't get blown up. Oh, he didn't? He escaped? Yeah, he got oh. on the ship and... Oh, okay, cool. So... Hux, does he say fuck the Republic? Is that a line in that movie? Or is that just something that someone on a podcast listens to always misquotes? I don't think he said that. I feel like he says fuck no. the cynic and fuck the rebellion. No, I don't think so. Don't <laughs> Hold Maybe on. Maybe in the original script. I don't know. There are no fucks in space, Colin. It's in General Hux's speech. He said frack. He says, today is the end of the Republic, the end of the regime that acquiesces to disorder. Remember the last day? Oh, yeah. No, he just says all remaining systems will bow to the First Order and will remember this is the last day of the Republic fire. I want to see him up on the bridge like a Star Destroyer and he's like, fuck the Republic. And just bust out into like a freestyle rap. We got Death Star. We got Death Star. <laughs> I, I need this now. <laughs> yeah, I wonder why... Um... 
don't know. Anyway, I don't, so I guess he just quotes it for what he wishes General Hux would have said. I don't know. Anyway, oh, Detroit do, becoming human. Detroit become human. Anyway, uh, did you guys watch the the trailer for that? No. <laughs> yes. Okay. I missed and... like the entire PlayStation one. <laughs> All right, well, we're almost done with it. Bucky, uh, did you have any thoughts on Detroit? Honestly, wasn't impressed. Like I said, those aren't my kind of game to begin with. And again, with the, oh, you can change the world by small, you know, small butterfly effects and Mm. it will branch out. I'm after fucking uh, Fable. I just don't believe anything any dev ever says at E3 with regards to that. Anymore. Don't let Peter Molyneux ruin everything. <laughs> this, this was a very Mol... It, it just it was so Molyneux the way that they the trailer was put together that I couldn't not well, David Cage, Molyneux it up. I at least feel like David Cage generally is true to his word. I feel like everything he said Heavy Rain was going to be, I feel like Heavy Rain was, was that. And I felt Become Human... Uh, the same so I don't know but again yeah it does seem like it's just a David age David Cage ass looking video game so I might it's I don't pretty know, I might game fly it you know play it over a weekend that sort of thing I don't know uh, I don't think it's a game I'm gonna buy it may not even be a game I ever play but maybe one day just not for me Sean uh, you got any thoughts on Gran Turismo Sport they, I did watch the trailer for that, and oh my god, it looks so good. But I have a very love-hate relationship with Gran Turismo, and I'm pretty sure I'm just going to be a little bit let down, because, again, no crash like damage mm-hmm. or crash physics. Like it, it's still, You're just going to hit other cars in the bears and be like, boop, and just keep going, but... The car list is impressive. The graphics are beautiful. The game itself looks amazing. I don't know. I might be getting a PS4 soon. So Gran Turismo versus Forza, do you feel like they're uh, different? Or do you feel like they're both Sims? Or do you feel one of them is more Um, arcadey than the other? I think Gran Turismo, the physics feel a little more Sim to me. But uh, I think they're both still more on the Sim-cade side with Gran Turismo being more realistic. But Forza now has the weather, and they have the damage, which kind of gives it a little edge. They, they both have positives and negatives. So you feel like you'll want to have both of them? They're not, like, mutually yes. exclusive? Okay. Um, yeah, I'm not a fanboy to either one. I like I like both series. Okay. Well, I, can, I mean, yeah, I can respect that, because, like, as shooters, I, would, I like playing Battlefield and, like, Titanfall. You know, like, I'm not one or the other so i think that's that's good uh i mean hey if you get a ps4 that's just you know just another person we can play with online yeah i mean i am gonna wait for this one to come out and all that and see Mm -hmm. how it really is but i don't know looks like uh might be getting the old ps4 soon (laughs) well i mean the if you get the regular version of the slim they're a lot cheaper now that's probably what i'll do yeah i just having the pro i like it but that's I don't know. We, I was convinced on the podcast to get the pro, and then I, I pretty much <laughs> immediately did. And I don't know. I don't regret it. I'm happy I did it. Um, like I said, it it it's great for that extra little power too. Yeah. For the did game you to up, use it? Did you? Yeah, pick I don't one know. Up I'll see if uh, Sport has like a, a. I don't know. 
I'll see if it runs like a lot better, like significantly better on the Pro, mm-hmm. but I'm probably just going to get the, the base model. Mm-hmm. Did you get a Pro, Bucky? Uh, not yet. I've used them, but uh, had to basically rebuild a computer here, so yeah. <laughs> there went the budget for, for this half of the year. Yeah, makes sense. I think we'll allow that, though. Yeah. Well, you still got a regular one, so I mean, it's not like it's not like an upgrade is dire, you know. Uh, yeah, and honestly, like uh, near Automata and Neo both run fantastic on it and almost hold a solid sixty frames. Oh, you got near on the PlayStation? I do. Yeah. I thought you got it on Steam. Well, on Steam, I forgot I pre-ordered it before I realized it was coming out, and it showed up at my door one day. Oh. Well, <laughs> okay. Also, the Steam version is locked at 60 frames, so it's like you might as well just play it on PS4, especially if you're like pretty big into playing on PlayStation. PS4. So um, it's really weird because the gameplay can run at 60 and does on the PS4, but all of the cutscenes on every version of the game, even though they're in-game rendered, drop down to 30, and it's super common. Weird. The Witcher does that. Yeah, yeah. I don't like They it. run at 28 FPS. <laughs> For that cinematic yet streamlined look. <laughs> they just split the difference between 24 and 30. They're like, 28? Because well, I, I just got it on the Steam sale. And so, like, I was playing it. And, I, of course, the first thing I did is I just jacked every setting to max. Except for, like, you know, uh, blur or whatever. Mm-hmm. Motion blur and shit. And yeah, I was like, off. it was at 28 frames a second. And I was like, shit, I need to turn some things down. But then the game actually started, and it went up to over 60. And I was like, oh. Turn off uh, vignetting and... I have that off. I have chrom- that off. I have... Chromatic uh, aberration. Motion blur off, V-Sync off. Chromatic aberration, turn that off, too. It's shit. I think I have that one off, too. And... Because um, I don't really care for that kind of stuff in video and, games. And there's two different blur options. One is motion blur, and then the other is just blur. One of them is okay, because it's like, if you're spinning your sword, it'll be kind of blurry. But then, then there's the camera blur, where like if you turn the camera too fast, and then turn the camera one off, because those always suck. I, have um, a, I don't like motion blur. It's dumb. Your eyes yeah, do that for you. Yeah. In sharpness... Um, I would say don't turn that on. I don't. I mean, unless you like that look. I don't like the way adding that sharpness looks to a game, so I always keep it off. But that's that's a personal thing, personal preference. Yeah, it's all personal stuff. Um, but like, I have all like you know the textures and all that shit. Everything's on ultra. Did you it, get the like game of the year edition with the? Oh yeah. So if if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, Steam Summer Sale, uh, Get the Game of the Year edition because the regular version is $24, but the Game of the Year edition is $25. Yeah. And so it comes spend that with, extra dollar and get that TLC. And it's going to come with Blood and Wine and Hearts of Stone. And both of yep. those, I don't even like calling them DLC because they're like legit expansions. They are yes. both like 20 to 30 hours. I think Hearts of Stone is more like 10 to 15, but Blood and Wine is like 30. It's like these aren't just things that were cut from the game. There's shit that like it's just legit expansion. So for a buck extra, get them. Like the base game alone took me like 110 hours to beat. So with that by by time I get through all the DLC, which I'm just kind of starting back up again, 
my game time in that will be like 150 hours. I'm like this so far. I'm insane. still early into it. I'm only like two hours into it, and it sucks because like as soon as we're done here, I'm going to be gone all day today, and I'm mm-hmm. like gone all day tomorrow, and all I want to do is play The Witcher. Dude, it's so good. I, once, <laughs> once you get familiar I, with the combat and the game systems, it all flows really naturally. And um, look for the different armor blueprints or whatever they're called, uh, diagrams, because you're going to want to upgrade. I think the best two are the wolf armor and swords and the ursine, um, which is like the bear armor and stuff. Uh, It's that's definitely more. You can take more punishment and hit harder. The wolf school stuff is faster, kind of splits the difference. It's like half defense, half speed. The cat school. Um, cat school's all speed. It's like... Yeah, cat... So, there is no wolf school. Uh, there's actually Ursine, Griffin, and Cat. No, 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 there's a fourth one. Wolf was added later. Oh, okay, wolf, so wolf that was must one be of the, in the DLCs. It was one of the free DLCs that they released. Uh, it wasn't part of the expansions. It came out when I was still playing the game. Uh, but it was like a free DLC they just added. Because when the game came out, remember, like, every week they were adding a new thing... It was like these weekly DLCs. They just kept adding more and more shit to the game for free. And I was like, oh my god, this game is the best investment. Because they just kept giving you all this free stuff. And they're like, oh yeah, all the DLC stuff, totally free. We're going to give you a new thing every week. And you just have to download it in Steam and add it to your game. And then we've also got, if you get the season pass, that's basically just going to be these two big expansions. And I was like, oh hell yeah. I'd have to say <laughs> real quick, like, so two minutes into the game, I died because because <laughs> <laughs> you start out in, like that tower thing and you're looking around. So I went out on the balcony and I was looking at like the mountains and stuff and I hit the jump button and I just jumped over the balcony and just died like, immediately. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, well, it lets you just jump anywhere then, I guess. Yeah. You know, the game... Um... You can kind of from the get after you get out of that starting area, you can kind of go anywhere, but you'll really quick like monsters levels don't scale with you. They're just like stronger monsters are in certain areas. So if you you'll go into an area, you can go anywhere from. Oh, the I've already had to run away. Yeah, but you'll get out there and be like, I am not ready for this, and you're gonna need to like just get the fuck out of there. Um, there's so many good like. Uh, top 10 tips for The Witcher are kind of articles and YouTube videos. So there's lots of stuff you can look into for just basically like good strategy for, for you know, tips for the game. But no, I'm excited you got it. I look forward to talking to you about it in the next podcast to kind of yeah. see. Well, the whole time I've been waiting for the summer sale to start because that's one of, that's like the game that I wanted to pick up during this mm-hmm. one. And 25 bucks for the game of the year. That's a lot of content for your money. So much content. It's just an insane amount. Uh, yeah, totally worth it. I think I think that game with the DLC, I paid full price for the game and the season pass, and I thought that was worth it. So getting it on any sale is uh, definitely worth every penny. That was uh, one of the best games to come out that year. Um, okay, so Uncharted, The Lost Legacy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we can just kind of brush over this. Um, it was... so. The best way to have bought it would have been to get basically the season pass for Uncharted back when they were still working on it. And I think they didn't know it was going to be this big, but it's going to get a full disc release. It's going to be longer than the first Uncharted game. It's going to be about 10 hours. You play as Chloe from she's an Uncharted 2 and an Uncharted 3. 
Um, and you play – and also there's Nadine who's from Uncharted 4 and it's a story about them. So Nathan Drake's not going to be in it. It's going to be about nine to ten hours and it's $40 and it's going to get a full disc release. It was going to be just kind of like a standalone expansion but it's completely new environments. It all takes place in India. It's not any recycled – like I mean some of the assets I'm sure are recycled but not the levels. Um and not the story. It's all new, voiced, uh, mo-capped. I think for $40 for a game that's essentially a full-length single-player experience, I think it's totally worth it. I'm going to pick it up. Um, I think if anyone doesn't get it, I imagine it'll be a PS Plus game in like a year. Um, but the way to have gotten it would have been to get the season pass when it was on sale for like $20. Uh, they since once they fully announced Lost Legacy and it was going to be standalone stuff, they you can't buy that season pass anymore. But that would have been the way to get it because you could have gotten it for essentially half the price. But now that more details have come out, I think they've learned like, shit, this is a lot bigger of a project than we originally intended. But for all intents and purposes, this is like a new Uncharted game. And I love that series, so I'm really looking forward to it. I don't know if you guys have ever touched any of those games, have you? Yes, I actually really, really like those because it's kind of where Rare went after, you know, after their heyday. And I really enjoyed one. Rare? Uh, you mean Naughty Dog? Or not, Naughty Dog, sorry. Um, one was really, really cool up until a certain point where things in the story went kind of to the left shark. field. Yeah. I didn't enjoy, like, the last hour of the game. I thought it was kind of out of nowhere. I feel like every, every game does that, though. The last bit it gets real supernatural and weird. Yeah, I mean, they're... they're Oh, they're competent... Competent cover shooters. And competent, you know, third-person exploration games. But the storyline, the characters and stuff are just unbeatable. Yeah, the mocap and just Naughty Dog's ability to do facial expressions and just like really flesh out their characters, I think, is uh, pretty much second to none. I I always like it. I think their I think their best work still Last of Us when it comes to that. But Uncharted Four, gorgeous looking game, plays great. The story's really good. Um, if you haven't played Uncharted Four yet, I highly recommend it. It's great and it goes on sale quite often because it's been out for over a year now but it's um it's a little longer it's longer than the others uncharted for i mean you're probably looking at about 14 hours so uh maybe a couple sit downs and playing but i think it's a it's a good it's a good game so have you played one through three i've only played the first one but i own two and three because they came with my uh playstation when i got a new one. Oh man you should get back into those. Two is two and four are my favorites. Uh, one is okay, but two takes that and expands upon it in a really great way. Two's great. Um, three is good, not amazing, but good. And four is really, really good. Um, okay. So, uh, I think three, I would say, just kind of push through, but two definitely savor it. Like it's a lot of fun, and the story's great, and I think it'll still hold up. Uh, and then four is just fucking fantastic, so I highly recommend it. Um, and then anyway, I'm excited about Lost Legacy, so they just showed a little more of that. Uh, the story seems good. It keeps looks like it's going to keep some of its levity, um, even with the new characters who are a little more serious. I, I'm pretty excited. I think it'll be good. 
Um, that's it for PlayStation. Uh, Nintendo's was short, so we can just kind of quickly run through it. Uh, Super Mario Odyssey looks way cooler than I thought. Um, being able to throw your hat on things and possess them, pretty neat mechanic. And surprising, I wasn't like they kept that under wraps until E three. No one knew that that was even a mechanic in the game, and that was just a really cool reveal for it. Yeah, it looks great. I mean, the Super Mario kind of you know open world games have always been pretty solid. So I hope to eventually be able to buy a Switch and get it. I haven't been excited for a Mario game since Mario 64. And this is one where I'm kind of like, you know what? This Switch is starting to look not so bad. Like maybe it's something I want to pick up. Um, I'm very intrigued by it. I hope, I hope they do some collections of games. If they did like a Metroid Prime collection for Switch or a Zelda collection... I think that would definitely sell me because if I could play all those games on it, then I think that's how I would like to do it. Um, they, uh, did you watch any of the Nintendo stuff, Sean? No. Okay. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2. I uh, didn't watch that trailer, but Xenoblade... It looked awesome. The first one apparently did good, right? People yeah, like the first it. one's awesome. <laughs> All right. It's long, though. Don't you have to play like 60 hours before you even get the mech or 30 hours or something? Uh, there is no mech in the first one. So you're thinking of um, uh, not Xenoblade Chronicles. It was the other one that came out that had a Xeno name to it. Xenoblade Chronicles, uh, which was the first one that was on the Wii, that there was a huge fan petition to get them to bring it over here because Nintendo of America oh, hates... What am I thinking? Or Nintendo of Japan hates Nintendo of America. Um, Xenoblade Chronicles is you're all on foot. Okay. What am and I it also came out on the 3DS. Is it like a Monster Hunter kind of game? No, it is a JRPG. What am I thinking? Xenosaga? No, there's another Xenoblade, but it's not Chronicles. So Xenoblade Chronicles, uh, Xenoblade, you're thinking of Xenoblade Chronicles X, which is a different Xenoblade game. X, which is similar, but different. That's the one that came out uh, on the Wii U. Where yeah, you get the Mac that's what I was thinking hours. of. Um, Xenoblade, Xenoblade Chronicles 1 was a 200 hour long JRPG on the Wii. Are they related? Same universe? I think I haven't played Xenoblade X, um, but I think they're related. I have Xenoblade Chronicles on both the Wii and the 3DS, and it's a really, really good JRPG. My only problem with it is it is way longer than I have time to actually play and beat now. There's so many Xeno, like there was Xeno Gears on the PlayStation. Then there was Xeno Saga. Then there's Xeno Blade. Xeno Blade. Xeno Gears and Xeno Saga are related. Yep. But these are not related. Oh man! To that universe. That's too much for me. But anyway, um, well, that's exciting. All of the voice acting is done by uh, in in the first one is done by British people, and it is amazing. Hmm. Because it originally only had a Japanese and a UK release, and it was never going to come to America. Hmm. Well, I'm glad they finally uh, did. Yeah, they did. And it 
for a while, uh, the resale of the Wii version was like 120 bucks. Shit. Yeah, and then they came out with the 3DS version, and it made it worth pretty much nothing. Which one did you play? I have both of them. <laughs> did you beat them both? No, like I said, I still have it on the 3DS, and I still play it every once in a while, but <laughs> I don't think I'll ever actually beat just that Chip, game. Chipping away at it. Well, if you yep. get a Wii uh, or a Switch, uh, you'll be able to play the second one when it comes out. Yep, so- and it looks great for people who are into that kind of thing. Untitled Pokemon RPG. They said, we're making a Pokemon RPG for Switch. And that is a core a, one. A core one. Yeah. And okay, and that's all there is. There's no other information. So uh, Metroid Prime 4. Just an image. Just said Metroid Prime 4. I think it's just basically to say, hey, stop asking. We're making it. It's coming to the Switch. No doubt. And I'm fine with that because the Prime games were awesome. Yeah, I'm going to start playing Prime pretty soon because I never played them. So I'm going to play through one through three, I think. I think you'll enjoy them. They're very, very solid games. Controls are a little wonky. Like now, like the controls haven't aged well. No, but they if you actually have a Wii or a Wii U, they work really well with the motion controls. Okay. Yes. I'll have to think about it. Um, they announced some Breath of the Wild DLC. Okay. <laughs> it's cool. I wish I could play the game, but I can't because I don't have a Switch. Um, I've still been looking. That's almost four podcasts now, and I still haven't been able to find one. Switch. Uh, apparently they're ramping up production, so that's good. There should be more soonish. Fingers crossed. Uh, Mario plus Rabbids, a game that was super leaked um, because Ubisoft is the leakiest of publishers. And at first it seemed like, oh, this doesn't seem good. But now it seems more like an XCOM kind of deal. Yes. Looks kind of fun, actually. So there's actually something about this one that I didn't realize until it was pointed out to me. The... I don't know if you saw the the image of the director for the game. So it was a guy who basically got stuck in Ubisoft hell and all he was allowed to do was make Rabbids games. And then he got asked to make a game with one of his heroes, you know, Shigemoto and, you know, make a Mario game with Nintendo. And whenever they announced it, it pans over to him just very briefly and he's he's crying in his seat. Yeah, I saw that. Because I didn't he's know so it, happy. I didn't know what all that was about, but I saw like yeah. the meme of him crying. Yeah, so he was just so so proud that of the fact that he made something that you know with one of his heroes in, in an IP that he loved growing up. I, I thought it was a good sentiment, and that kind of made me look at the game in a different light too. I'm I'm intrigued by it. If I got a Switch, it's possibly something that I would get. That is all. Um, Splatoon 2, I don't really have much about that. I didn't play the Solid first one. Solid third-person multiplayer shooter. Yeah, it did. The first one did the real well. The first one looked really good, but I don't have any way to play it. So It was 
refreshing to see Nintendo have a new IP. Uh, so and I it's think, fun at that. Yeah. So I think that was, um, you know, that was cool. And so they're continuing that, which is great. Uh, and Arms, another another IP. Uh, it's like Rock. It's fighting game. Rock'em Sock'em Robots with arms, long, stretchy arms. Yeah, it, it is a weird third-person fighting game. It did look real weird. Uh, I haven't seen really much of it, but I've heard about it. All right, uh, Ubisoft, and this is the last. Well, I guess EA also. Shit, there's so much. Oh. There's also Bethesda. Oh god! All right, we're gonna we're gonna start flying through some of these. Um, Beyond Good and Evil Two, really cool trailer. No Very gameplay. Fifth really. Element vibes. Super Fifth Element with uh, anthrop. I can't ever say it. Anthrop. Anthropomorphic. Anthropomorphic. It's a hard word for me. There you go. Uh, aminals and people <laughs> stuff. You could just say furries. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I don't want to do that. I don't want to call it a furry game. Um, there is like a le- dust in a lesion tale. That's that's a furry game. That is a furry game. Yeah, I feel which like it's a fantastic furry game. I don't think this is a furry game. I think it's a different kind of game. I never played the first one, but I have it because Ubisoft gave it out for free um, as far as a part of their like year of games last year. So I it, on Uplay. So I have it. I, I'm going to play it. I'm this trailer made me excited to play the first one. So I'm going to do that and kind of get experience with the lore. Apparently, this is an OK jumping in point because it's going to be a prequel game, completely different characters. Um, but it is on like day zero of development. So we are probably not going to see this game for a few years, which is fine. It's kind of like, it's a good, you know, I hope they don't keep showing it every year. I hope like it kind of goes silent for a while and maybe we get a release saying like, Hey, we're still working on it every once in a while just to, you know, so we know it's not dead, but, um, the developers are really excited about it. I I think this is a passion project that they've wanted to do for a long time and they're finally able to like really embrace it, get the funding and, and do it the way that they've wanted to. So I think, I think it'll be good stuff. I just like the world. I think the world's really cool. And then apparently you're going to be able to like fly from planet to planet and do like space exploration, but also you have these cool fifth element esque worlds. It just seems neato. Neato. Um, Assassin's Creed origins. Actually, uh, well, did you guys have anything you want to add about beyond good and evil too? Nope, excited nope. that they're making a new one. Yeah, it looks good. The trailer looked good. Assassin's Creed Origins. Actually, I recommend anyone listening, check out the trailer for that. Even if you don't think you're going to play the game, the trailer is just pretty entertaining and cool on its own. It was really high budget, really well done, so it's worth checking out. Um, Assassin's Creed Origins, Assassin's Creed in Egypt. Um, looks like they revamped the combat a little bit, be more dodgy and... I, I don't know. Uh, it has a $700 collector's edition. It's dumb. Seven hundred dollars. I mean, you could almost just go to Egypt for seven hundred dollars. Uh, uh, some people will buy it, though. Yeah, I know a, it. There's a limited amount. I, th- I forget how many, like sixty or something. So, I like they must have done the math, and they're like, "Yeah, we can move sixty of these, or a hundred of these, or however many they're making." So, you know, that if people want to drop that cash for that and have a weird statue in their living room, that's so good. Things like almost two feet, the statue that it comes with. Like, I guess if you want that, it's fine. Um, but 
I'm going to play it. I play all the Assassin's Creed games. I'm not excited for it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to play it. I'm not really looking forward to it, but I'm going to play it. Yeah, I mean, that's... I just... That's kind of the relationship I have with that series. Like, it could be great. I I just want to know where the story's going because it's so batshit. I just want to see if, if it ever comes to a head. So, um, yeah, I'm going to play it, but I'm not, like, I'm not looking forward to it. I'll fit You're in. You're not on the hype train. Not at all. Not one bit. But You're you know, just at the station waiting for the train to come in. Yeah, I'm going to ride it. You know, hopefully they have, like, cheap beer or something. I don't know. Um, Far Cry 5. I'm kind of excited about this. I just spent two weeks in Montana. I think Montana is the perfect setting for a Far Cry game. I can totally see how it fits in there with the wildlife, with the terrain, uh, the way the small towns are. Um, I really just have to have that story kind of stuff answered that I, the questions I had about last, last podcast where I'm like, how are they going to explain that there's no government intervention in this? How, how are they going to like, keep you from just hopping in a plane and flying away. Cause it seems like you could just fly and go get help. If you can get a plane, why, why are you confined? So if they can answer those questions in like a not too bullshit manner, I think I'll be fully on board. But as far as the gameplay, it just looks really fun. You get a dog that can go scope out areas and, and uh, point out where enemies are. The dog can also just attack people. You can have a sniper buddy up in a tower. The whole game's co-op. Um, isn't that very metal gear solid five though yes very and i'm like that's okay that's not a bad game <laughs> okay. to borrow something from so uh i think i, I don't know I'm, I'm actually kind of excited for it i think the story the villain doesn't intrigue me and the antagonists aren't something i'm like i'm not like one of those people who's offended by it or anything but i'm not crazy about it like i liked pagan men in the last game because he was just so flamboyant he was a very colorful antagonist i always liked hearing his speeches, hearing him talk. I thought it was just, he was an enjoyable enemy to have. And even the, the crazy guy in the third game was okay. Uh, this guy's just like, I just feel like I'm just going to tune him out. Uh, but I do like that it is in the U S and it's Montana. I think it'll just be, uh, I think it'll be cool. Um, speaking of Metal Gear Solid five, Sean, have you, I guess we can get to that when we talk about games we've been playing, but I hope you've played it soon. Um, anyone got anything to add on Far Cry 5? Nope. Nope. Skull and Bones. In a nutshell, Black Flag's naval combat as an entire, um, it looks like multiplayer only or multiplayer centric game. Just naval battles. I'm down for that. I like pirates. I think it's a wholly untapped, uh, source of settings. before we saw some gameplay, I was like, cool, a game where you can be a pirate, it's going to be like Assassin's Creed Black Flag without the baggage. You'll be able to get off the ship, do quests, treasure hunt, be a pirate. And then it very instantly stripped all that hope away from me and was like, no, it's only naval combat. And I guess that's not really enough for me. So yeah, it, in the same trailer, it hyped me up and let me down. I'm just hoping we get more pirate games. I agree. So there right now looks like there's the big ones are going to be Skull and Bones and um, what's that other one? That rare one we talked about earlier for Xbox and PC. Unfriendly Waters. Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves. Yeah. 
Sea of Thieves hyphen unfriendly waters. Um, Ubisoft. The Crew 2. Does anyone care about this? Nope. It's a game. It's a game. Mario and Rabbits, we already talked about that. Fractured Butthole. I feel like we've already talked about that. Yeah. Um, Phone Destroyer. I don't really... It's a mobile game. Starlink. Battle for Atlas. Was that the Switch game where you got the little... uh, um, What are the little... Little toys, toys to life stuff with amiibos. The, yeah, like the little amiibo where you can attach guns and stuff to it. I think that was Starlink. I, I think so. I I don't know. The the by the end of the Ubisoft conference, I was kind of just ready for it to be over. Yeah. Oh. Legends Definitive Edition for Switch. That's cool. That's another game Ubisoft I think gave for free on UPlay. Yep. And Steep for Switch. A game i think steep is the most forgettable game that's ever been made in all of history <laughs> i played I, I the beta when it came out did a couple of little missions i said this game is kind of shitty uninstalled it and i forget about it until it comes up in fact i just went and looked and i'm actually kind of impressed because right now there are 360 people playing it but the all-time peak for this game was 2,087 people. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty low. That's worldwide. Man. They, and it's another game. They gave that away on Uplay. I have a copy. Um, it's, it's so dull. I, like, it's well, just a forgettable game. Well, I started it up, and it's frame-locked at 60. There's no way to unlock it. And I'm like, I've got a high refresh rate monitor. I don't, like... I don't know. That was kind of when I checked out. And I was like, I'm not even crazy about this game. So I just uninstalled it. That was it for me. All right. So we've got EA and Bethesda. Jesus. So much. Uh, and there's also some that weren't included that I was hoping to talk Because yeah, Monster Hunter wasn't in any of them. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Who? Yeah. No, I watched the Monster Hunter trailer. Who... Who was that? A part? That, that was... was during the Nintendo one. They uh, that wasn't during Sony. It was during both. So Nintendo said that they're going to be creating a new Monster Hunter for Switch. Okay, that's going to be one of the core ones. Like, uh, you know, that'll be Monster Hunter Five or Six. Mm-hmm. But the big one was Monster Hunter World. Monster Hunter World, which is also going to be on PC for the first time in forever. And and PS4. that I'm excited about. Yeah, and they said that this is also a core Monster Hunter game. It's, yeah. It's going to have all 14 weapons, because I guess weapons are a thing. Um, but it's people were worried that it was going to be like a light version, but apparently it's going to be like a full legit version. They have a grappling hook. It looks like the trailer looked really cool. The trailer it, was so heavily scripted, though. There yeah. was not an ounce of real gameplay in it. But it, for me, this might be a jumping on point. For Monster Hunter. Like, I might it's finally get into that series. Maybe. It is super grindy. Yeah, I'm not crazy that's about that. Fun. Um, oh, also at Sony, that's something that wasn't on the list. Uh, Shadow of the Colossus remake. Yep. 
They're doing Again. looks like a new engine. Uh, I guess they're going to have two different control schemes available. One is the classic, and then a revamped control scheme, which I think the game could desperately use. Um, and I'm hoping that they're going to add some of the monsters that were cut from the original game. I've played about half of the original game, the HD version on PS3, but I've not. I've never beaten it. So now I'm thinking I might just hold off on beating it. And then just wait for this version to come out and play it on PS4. But it's a good time for it, I think. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Did any of you guys play Shadow of the Colossus? Oh, yeah. Oh, I love it. I own two cop. I own the original and the remake. Wait, Ed, the, you mean the HD remaster? Yeah, the HD remaster. Yeah, and so Not this one will be like a remake. Like, instead of just like a remaster, it's going to be like a new new engine so i think that'll be cool um ea's press conference anthem uh you're it's iron man and destiny again they use that shitty so it starts up and then you hear a woman's voice and it seems all like part of the game does have that filter on it so it sounds like it's in the game yeah but i think it's supposed to just be a player and then you start realizing this as other players come into the game and start talking. But before that, it feels like it's part of the story and it's just really confusing. But apparently you're not restricted to a class. You just start out as your player and whatever Iron Man suit you hop into is your class. So you can just have multiple suits that are specced differently and then hop into them, do some missions. Um, it was very scripted looking, being able to fly and then fly underwater and then fly back out and like launch rockets off your back. It looked super cool, super fun. The game is going to be nothing like that. I, it heavy watchdogs vibes uh, where I'm I, like, I see a trailer that just looks too good to be true. I'm like, there is no way the game is going to be like that. There's just no way we're going to like, it looks like that now when we see the next thing in like a year, it's going to be downgraded and it's going to keep kind of doing that until it finally comes out. And we're going to be like, this isn't quite what we thought we were going to get, but you got to get that hype early on the bright side. It is Bioware. I think this is what their a team, the generally the mass effect team is working on now they're doing this. And that's why their B team did Andromeda and why it subsequently didn't do very well. So, I don't know. Could be great. I have no, we don't know a lot. We just saw a little like slice and it was a good slice. We'll, we'll see where it goes from here. What are you guys thoughts? Works for me. I mean, it, I'm glad to see new IPs just in all honesty. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It is nice. It's been a while uh, getting some sequel fatigue, you know, um, Star Wars Battlefront 2 got to actually see some gameplay, got to see a match and that, um, I'm excited for the single player, but I really wanted a single player for the first game. The match looks like they finally brought classes back. Um, it looks a little more refined, a little less generic. It actually makes the prequel movies look cool, like fighting on Naboo and that in the, yeah, that looked the pretty show. sweet actually. Yeah, it looked it looked fun, man. I'm, I I hope they do a beta so I can really try it out. But unlike the first one, I think I'll pick this one up. And they said that all the DLC, I think, will be free. But there are going to be microtransactions in the game. I think that's how they're going to compensate. So that's a I'm slippery slope. That. 
It could be really, really cool. I like the fact that they're not dividing the player base. That's the problem you run into with a lot of shooters like that in map packs is you start dividing the player base between people who have it and people who don't have it. And then a lot of people start dropping the game as people start playing more and more of the new maps. All the players who didn't buy the season pass start dropping out, which I think they saw with Battlefront. I think they're seeing it a lot with Battlefield 1. That's why they allow the thing where if anyone in your party owns those maps, the whole party can play on the map. Um, I think because they're realizing that dividing that player base is just making people drop the game and switch to other games instead. Whereas I think their original hope was, oh, well, it'll divide and then everyone will want to stay on board so they'll buy the season pass. And I think that's just not happening. So this is kind of their answer to that. That's that's what I'm thinking. Um, but no, I think that the game looks fun. And you said, I, I mean, do you, do you guys think this is going to be a game you're going to be picking up? Maybe. I mean, having the single-player campaign is the big part of it. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time since we've had, like, a single-player Star Wars shooter. I feel like Republic Commando was maybe the last one? I think so. And that was... Yeah. When did that come, come out? <laughs> oh, a long like time Forever. Uh, I want to say, like, 2004? Um, 2005. February 2005. I ran on Unreal Engine 2. So it's been like 12 years. And that game was set up to have a sequel based on the ending, and then it just didn't. So good, though. It always goes on sale. Um, A Way Out. Looks good. Yeah. Uh, it's The whole thing is co-op only. It is... You can do co-op online, but it's heavily encouraged couch co-op. The split screen looks like it's going to be split screen even if you're doing co-op online. Uh, one person can be playing while the other person's going through a cutscene. It's very separate stories, and the players have to decide on kind of what they're going to do. Like, you just break out of jail, and you need to rob a gas station to get some money. You only have one gun, though. So players have to decide who's going to get that gun, who's going to be on lookout, who's going to go in and rob the place. And it, I, I'm super excited about it. I just... I need someone committed to playing with. I think that's a situation everyone's going to run into, and I think that could be a really fun game. Um, and the dev, the dev who was on stage was super excited about it too, and I think that kind of like gave some good vibes. Uh, takes place in the seventies. You get locked up in prison, and then you meet this other guy, and you decide to escape together, and then it kind of like shenanigans ensue. Thoughts. Did you guys watch the trailer for this one? I don't think I saw that one, but it sounds really good. Yeah, uh, when when you get a chance, pull up the trailer for a way out and watch it. It uh, it definitely got my interest. I'm very intrigued. It looks really neat. Um, uh, some of the things I was reading too is basically they want you to only play like when you choose one of the two characters, they want you to stick with that one character and become attached to it. Well, yeah, um, both characters have their own motivations. Like one guy, yeah. I'm not sure what one of them is, but the other one has like a daughter who's sick or something like that. And so like the end of the game might come down to, you know, one of you has to sacrifice something or and like maybe you're going to be pitted against each other because both of you are motivated. I think the ideal way to play is you play the whole game with the same other person and you guys only play as the character that you choose at the very beginning. Yeah, and then at the end, there has to be a betrayal, and you actually feel that, oh, I can't betray my best friend. 
I oh ooh yeah ooh feels. I'm I'm hoping, and I think if you play it seriously, I think you're gonna have the goofy people who don't really give a shit. But I think if you play it seriously, I think that's how you're gonna get the most out of that game. If you can really kind of like get into it, you know, EA get in the game. Uh, but yeah, Sean, definitely check out that trailer. It's really neat looking, and the art direction's cool. The music's cool. It seems like uh, it's unique. Uh, the other games I think we're going to brush over because none of us are really into soccer. So FIFA 18, FIFA for Switch, Madden NFL 18, NBA Live 18, and Need for Speed Payback, who apparently has a shitty demo driver. I think it looks like a Fast and the Furious kind of game. It's the first time I've been excited for a Need for Speed game in a long time. I, I think it looks cool, but I get heavy burnout vibes from it. So I'm like, let's get weird. Um, but, 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 on this page, there's actually a trailer for a way out on that, uh, on this yeah, page. Yeah. Um, Bethesda. <clears throat> uh, hold on. I actually have to, I have to head out. Well, quickly, what have you been playing? Uh, well, The Witcher 3, but only briefly so far because I haven't had time to really get into it. But tomorrow night, it's on. It's on, baby. Yeah. I'm going to spend like all night playing that damn game. <laughs> um, also, of course, uh, iRacing, a little bit of a set of Corsa, and um, got Sunless Sea here recently. Sunless Sea? Uh, yeah, it came out a little while ago. You're kind of like moving a ship around, finding stuff. It's um, pirate, pirate ship or like modern No, ship? no, but it's kind of like dark, but at the same time, it looks kind of relaxing. I don't know. It looks a little challenging, too. So I'm going to have to dive into that, and then I'll report back so how it see. is. Yeah, I'm looking at screenshots. Oh, so it's like uh, over-the-top view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. Looks like there's some monster stuff. Spooky. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, uh, we'll catch you later, Sean. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, uh, have a good rest of the podcast. And bye, everybody out there listening. I'll be back in the next one. Laser, lasers for Sean. See, buddy. Yep. Pre. <laughs> pre laser. Uh, pre fire those uh, lasers. Premature lasers. <laughs> 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 All right. Bye. All right, later. Um, so, Bethesda. We've got Wolfenstein 2. Uh, did you play New Order, Bucky? Yeah, it was up until the new Doom came out. I thought that was probably one of the most fun single-player first-person shooter games I'd played in a while. Yeah, I was a big fan. So um, looking forward to that. I think Wolfenstein 2 is its more of like a 70s kind of deal. Um the last time we saw BJ at the end of Wolfenstein, things weren't looking so hot for him. So I guess we're going to find out how he got out of that sticky situation. Um, yeah, nothing to be more of the great. Uh, I loved Wolfenstein. I thought it was so much fun. It's been a few years. I think it's a good good time to put out a new one. It's been long enough since Doom. I think people want that, you know? Yep. Um, I, I for- agree. I forgot when, if they had a release date. Let me look. Wolfenstein 2. It's called Wolfenstein 2 The New Colossus. Um, on Steam, it has a date of... Um, October. 27th of October. So, about four months from now. 
I'm I'm excited. I'm definitely going to get it. Definitely going to play it. 99% yeah, sure I'm going to love it. Um, Evil Within 2. You're probably looking forward to it. You played the first one, right? The, yeah, I did, and it was very forgettable. It wasn't very good. I played um, about half of it, and then I was just... I wasn't feeling it, and I put it down to play other games, and it just sat in my library, and I was like, I'm, I don't think I'm ever going to come back to this, and I just uninstalled it, so... It had some cohesion problems. It didn't know what it wanted to be. Did the DLC clear up some story stuff? I never played the DLC. I, I, I just I finished it, and that was that. Yeah. So maybe... I, I mean, with I still haven't played Resident Evil 7 yet, and the fact that that's 35% off right now on Steam, I'm considering picking it up but with games like that out right now it'll probably be a while before the evil within too yeah i thought you were gonna wait um until it's playable in vr i am but the fact that it's only 30 bucks right now is kind of and mm-hmm. okay i've started it i need to return to it um i started a couple months ago and i just haven't got there's just other things and it's not top of my list because I, it, apparently it starts out more spooky and then it gets more like traditional Resident Evil. I just haven't gotten to that part yet. I'm still in kind of spooky mode and I'm not really a big fan of games like that. They, well, they spook me out, man. Yeah, you get a spooky fatigue. I do, I do really quick too. After after about 30 minutes to an hour, I'm like, all right, I need I need to feel in control again. I need a game with guns where I can like, I can feel like I've got this. I don't like feeling vulnerable. I think that's like not just in in general, not just in games. So I think any games that make me feel vulnerable where it's like there's no fight or flight option, it's only flight, it makes me very uncomfortable because my first instinct in most situations is fight. If it goes to fight or flight, I'm just like stand my ground, fight, charge in. Um, Games where I have to run away... I, it's a very unenjoyable experience for me. So it's it's always, but there there's so many good ones. Like I really wanted to like Alien Isolation. I wanted to like Resident Evil Seven. And I think once I get to a certain point in Resident Evil Seven, it's more, it's less runaway and it's more survival horror. Where it's like it is spooky, but you do get guns and you can fight. You just have to be smart about how you do it. You have to manage your ammo, kind of like the original Resident Evil games. And I'm okay with that. I just have to get through this first part and get to that and then i think i'll be good to go i just i agree i just have to do it and that's tough when there's so many other games i'm playing and want to play um skyrim for nintendo switch great we're going to be getting skyrim at e3 for the next 30 years that game just won't go away and like it's fine it's it's not even the best of the elder scrolls series yeah it's not a bad game though i just it's like do we get it (laughs) <laughs> to be fair, if I had a Switch, I, 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 I'd probably get Skyrim for Switch because that's a pretty solid title to have on the go. Like well, that. instead of that, what do you think about Skyrim VR, which they showed off? Yeah, sure. You know, <laughs> I want something like that, but... And I that's just... that's going to be one-to-one movement, too. So it's not going to be like um, like Doom VR, which we saw where you kind of teleport around. 
it's going to be where you actually have to move. So I, I don't have very much experience in VR right? and you've, you've got your legs. I don't in it, know so. if I could play that because I'm one of those people that gets really bad motion sickness mm. for certain control schemes. Okay. So no. I probably can't do one-to-one movement. I'm hoping that if you own Skyrim, Skyrim VR is like maybe just $10 to well, unlock it. Well, so here, here's the thing. I'm on, I'm on the Fallout page on Steam right now. Mm-hmm. And along with this, Fallout VR is another one that's down here. Fallout VR is $59.99 right now to uh, pre-order. See, that's... And I own Fallout 4. Yeah, I think you already have the game. You know, so it's shitty to make you buy it again, but that's that's kind of their strategy with these. Well, to be fair, VR development is pretty costly and it's a very small niche at the moment. Mm. So I may buy one or the other just to say that I helped support it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, if you do, I definitely want to hear about it. I, I really want to know your experience and how it makes you feel moving around in that world. And if it's amazing to be able to see these buildings like life size and these dragons and these animals and these spiders, or or if it'll be like, nah, I played it for five minutes and I felt like garbage. So we kind of need you to be our guinea pig. Okay. Uh, Actually, interesting fact, because I've never talked about it on the podcast before. Do you know why? You get motion sickness from VR headsets? Yeah, your body thinks you're poisoned. Yep. Yeah, no, I I read an article about it where they talk about how um, it's an equilibrium issue between your inner ear. Basically, what your eyes are seeing and what your inner ear is perceiving as, as movement. And since there's such a large discrepancy, your brain's like, oh, well, I must be hallucinating, so I must be poisoned. I better throw up to get rid of the poison. Yeah. And, and that's motion sickness in a nutshell. I thought that was super fascinating though. I didn't know that. Yeah. It, it sucks. Yeah. To be completely honest with you, because you would think that as soon as you took off the headset after it made you motion sick, it would make you feel better. No, your body's like, you're poisoned, bro. You're poisoned. Yeah. I'm going to make you purge for the next hour and a half. I feel like sometimes I get it. Like the Fallout games in general make me, and I know I've talked about it before, they make me feel unwell. I don't really know how to describe it. I'm like, is this motion sickness? Like, is there something in the engine? I think sometimes staring at a screen for too long makes me feel just not good. Like, just bad. Like, kind of oh, like it's, a hangover. It's, it's rough. Yeah. I don't like it. But it's weird that you're, I wonder if it's, I think it's probably possible to train your brain. Like to get more used to where it, it accepts that the discrepancy, but I think initially So sitting down mm-hmm. if you're playing one of those sitting down, it doesn't bother you. Okay. It's really weird. It's when you're standing up and your brain and what you're or when what you're seeing in your inner ear don't match up, that's when it makes me want to fall over. But I can sit down and play something with a controller just fine. And I think that's also part of why it's so important to have at least 90 frames a second with those VR headsets because anything less, that stutter causes that discrepancy and gives yeah. people motion. Yeah, uh, anytime my, like, if my monitor hits a hiccup or something and the CPU ramps up really fast mm-hmm. and it stutters for a half a second, I'll get a brief moment of, oh, ooh, yeah, and then it'll go away. That's rough. 
But speaking of VR, we can just lump all of the VR stuff into this one. So they they announced what Doom VFR, so virtual fucking reality. Is that what the F stands for? Yes, <laughs> like BFG. Uh, Fallout 4 VR, which is going to be the entire game in VR, not just a subset. So that's kind of cool. I mean, like Skyrim, it'll be like Skyrim will be the same thing. Is it going to be the same thing? I think so. Doom isn't, though. Doom's its own experience. You play as, like, yes, a robot. Yes, which looks really cool. Imagine the, like, regular Doom, though, how fast you move around in that. And You'd die. <laughs> Your, heart Your head would explode. explode. Yeah. Um, do, I, th- I think that's neat to do the entirety of those games. Uh, I'm pretty sure Skyrim is the entirety of the game, but if even if it's just Fallout 4, that's... That's a lot, man. It's a good start, and I I like it because it means we're moving in the right direction. Yeah, it's kind of following suit with like I like when games launch with it though, like uh, like Resident Evil Seven on PlayStation Four. You can play that with or without PSVR, and I like that you just buy the game and then you just get that option. Um, yep. Doom VFR looks cool. I I I have very mixed feelings about the whole teleporting around aspect of vr that's not something i enjoy i, I think i'd rather hold a surprisingly it works really well when it's done right and just, the way that they're the doing it yeah the way they're doing it in doom is very similar to the way that they do it in raw data mm-hmm. and it makes you even though you're technically teleporting the way that it animates it and everything. It actually feels more like you're a cybernetic ninja sliding about the place. Mm. And it's not ju- it, it works. You get used to it after about five minutes. I'll just have to, I mean, I just have to try it. That's really what it comes yeah. down to. I have to give it a shot. Um, Quake Championships. I, I don't remember seeing anything for that, but I think... Quake Champions. So this Champions. is their Overwatch style game. Hero Shooter Quake. Yep, it's Hero Shooter with Quick. Cool. Could be good. I don't know. I'd have to play it. It is. Uh, beta's out, but it's it's Quake. The thing is, it's very, very, very skill-based. So I get my ass kicked, and then I'm like, all right, three rounds of not getting a single frag. I'm going to go play something else. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm just kind of past those shooters. Yeah, I thought that's why I signed up for the beta. I was like, oh, man, I loved Quake back in the day. And then I realized now I'm not good at Quake. I liked Quake because it was a game that we could play on on the school computers. <laughs> like, yes, that's I think for me, that's what Quake is. Or was it Unreal? I think it was Quake. It was Quake. It was Quake 3 Arena. Yeah. And I think Quake is more of a nostalgia thing than it is a game that I was ever super into. That's back when I was playing a lot of, um, what was that game that was like a precursor to the Battlefield games? You could have like 48 Tribes two. Tribes 2. That's it. And you drop bombs and stuff. That was great. I yep. love Tribes. Um, Activision, Call of Duty WW to 2. Yeah, we already talked about it. World War II, Call of Duty, cool stuff. Uh, 420, no scope, 360, blaze it. Um, Destiny 2. Looks like Destiny 2. Yeah, but it's coming out on PC as well, so I might actually give this... Yeah, if I get it, I'm, I'm definitely going to get it on PC, even if it comes out a bit later. Uh, that's kind of where I want to go with it. I think mouse and keyboard will be nice. 
Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. I don't, I, can, I missed this announcement, I guess. I don't know. Is that just re-releasing the originals? Uh, yeah, it's going to be an HD remaster of them, but I'm just letting you guys know that the controls do not hold up. So looking at things through rose-tinted glasses is all and fine, but those games are kind of infuriating with the way they control nowadays. I hate games where I have to run towards the camera. Yes, that's the major that's the major issue. I hate it because the character would see if there's something they need to jump over coming up. When you're the player, yes. you just have to react really quick and I like it's just not fun for me. I don't yep. like it. So, I don't know. I I'm, I'm not going to play it, but that's that. Anyway, that's it for E3. Um, a lot of stuff, a lot, uh, a lot of stuff talked about this is almost two hours. So let's get, uh, to what we've been playing and then we'll, uh, then we'll wrap it up. Uh, what, have you been, what have you been into? I finished near and by finish, I mean, I did everything. You got all the endings? Everything there is to do. Did you get the platinum? All, yes. All the side quests I did. All of the... Every side mission, I got all of the the little lore things and read through them. Got every little bit of uh, bonus content and got all of the endings. And it was one of it, it's probably my game of the year right now. So you're very satisfied with like uh, all the twists and in the story and all. That? It was very near. So <laughs> if you're a fan of the first game, it does not disappoint. It is the end is heart wrenching, just like the just like the uh, the first game, and I no longer have a save date or I I no longer have a save file. So I I sac I, I made the ultimate sacrifice at the end because other people made the ultimate sacrifice for me, and unless you play through and get the final ending, you you don't really know what that means. So with the final um, ending, it deletes your save game. You get the choice. You okay. can either send your save data off to the cloud to help someone else out with the ending, or you can choose not to, but that kind of cheapens the experience. Not knowing what that means is, like, super intriguing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it is... It's but, So there was an article, and I agree with the title. It's the best game that you've never heard about. <laughs> I, um, maybe I'll give it its due course. I started it and I've, I just, I'll return to it one day is kind of what I tell myself, but part of me feels like I'm. It was a very me game because it had the Devil May Cry band out of style mm -hmm. hack and slash with that weird Japanese story. Yeah. So I loved it. I finished that. Um, I started Persona 5 mm. and I'm about. 10 or 15 hours into that. Love okay. It, it so, is very cool. Okay. Yeah. Cause you definitely put enough time into like, get used to the systems and the game and kind of how that is. How? Yeah. I did the first dungeon. So persona four is an amazing game, mm -hmm. right? It, it does a very good job of breaking up the social sim with dungeon crawling. My only qualm with the dun. So the dungeons in that game in persona four are varied and you know I really like the aesthetic of all of them but really you're going up like 10 to 15 floors and every floor is exactly the same except the tile layout is slightly different yeah in 5 
they took dun- so every dungeon is now an actual place and you're thieves so you're sneaking around and like there's some stealth mechanic aspects of it you're climbing over things you're you're you know solving puzzles along with doing the social sim aspects and the stuff that you normally get from persona games fantastic the soundtrack is unbeatable um I, I really need to get back to it. I really like the menu layouts and the uh, art direction and the music, and I and it looks good. I'm really excited. It's a game that I think once I beat Final Fantasy 15, I'm going to start Yakuza, and then I think after I get through Yakuza Zero, that's when I'm going to start Persona Five because I only like to play like one like long game at a time, and um, that's why I haven't gotten further into it. Is it's about a it's at least a 150 hour game if you just do the story. Yeah. So for me, I I'm waiting till I get my other long games out of the way, and then I and then I like as I have one long one, I'll play short ones and like during. But I don't like to be running multiple like 30 plus hour games at the same time. Yeah. Let's see, and then. Also, I've been, still been playing uh, Salt and Sanctuary, which is a side-scroller Dark Souls-style game on my Vita. Okay. Um, and I just got Blood and Wine and Hearts of Stone for $12 for the pack. Nice. And started playing that this week, and I am... So I haven't played it since I thought the, you already the game those. originally came out. I, I thought I owned those, but it turns out I never bought the season pass. Oh. Okay. So I never actually played through. Um, so I was like, oh, 12 bucks for the season pass. They changed the way that the menus are laid out and everything, and it's just it's so much more intuitive now. I'm loving it. Oh, yeah. It. The, uh, going to the controls, too. They have an updated movement. Uh, totally worth turning that on. It helps, like, running around fences and, like, between people. Like, it makes all that better. <clears throat> yeah, plus... I've been using it to really squeeze some juice out of my new 1080. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's a great looking game. With the 1080, you can definitely crank it all up and still get. I think I, I think with everything maxed, I still get about a hundred frames. Yeah, that that's about what I'm getting right now. Yeah. So I, yeah, that's no, that's great. Um, and it's, yeah, it's a good time to get the season pass. You know, so it's cheap. I mean, for twelve, you know, for like thirteen bucks, that's so much content. Yep, like I'm looking entire, forward to it. Yeah. Um, been playing anything else? Um, I dove back. I installed and dove back into Elder Scrolls Online for a little bit because I've been tossing around the idea of Wind expansion. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see how it goes with. The Steam sale right now, I've got, like, five things in my cart that I'm about to maybe pull the trigger on, and that's Dishonored 2, uh, Hollow Knight, which is an indie game that I've been following, uh, Dark Souls 3 for PC, because I don't have it for PC, The Surge, so I might not have time for a MMO at the moment, but I'm definitely interested in it. I didn't know you were playing Elder Scrolls Online. I own, uh, yeah, I actually own it for both PC and PS4. Hmm. 
it's it's good. Um, it's basically a multiplayer Elder Scrolls game with slightly less in-depth mechanics because you obviously can't have that with a multiplayer game. Yeah, I played a little bit of the beta, but that's my only exposure to it. I put maybe like it got a lot on. better from beta. Yeah, I was I wasn't super convinced, but I don't know. Maybe one day I'll give it a shot. I think Tra- Travis has it, right? He's played. Yeah, it. Yeah, me and Travis actually played it for a while. So there's no subscription fee to that game, right? You just buy it, or is there a subscription fee? So there's two different. It, it's got a very interesting uh, way of doing things. You can buy the base game and then. No subscription, but if you want, you can buy all of the expansions. So like the Dark Brotherhood quests, the Thieves Guild quests, things like that, and the expansions as you get up to them. Or you can pay the standard fee of $14 a month and you get access to everything. Plus they give you an equivalent of $15 a month to spend in the in-game store. Do you think that's worth it? It's kind of it, it depends for you uh, on how you look at it. I mean, for I mean you, do you think it's worth it for you? I, I'm not going to yeah. get it, so I was just curious. Do what? Which option do you do? Do you just buy the base game, or do you do the monthly thing? So right now, I don't do the monthly thing because I'm still debating getting the expansion and playing it. Mm-hmm. But if I were to play it, I'd probably do the expansion thing because they not only do you get the subscription and or all of the subscription bonuses plus the uh, extra content, they give you $15 to spend on the in-game store, which, you know, I, for what you can get out of those games for $14, $15 a month, that's worth it to me. Yeah. So I've, I got back into Final Fantasy fifteen again. I'm really liking it. It got me kind of rehooked. I beat Ratchet and Clank, which is um, one video ass game, video game. It's just, it's, it's good. It's fun. Yeah. It's 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 good video game fun. Yeah, it's just very traditional video game. Um, collecting bolt like it's like collecting coins and buying items. Like it's just it's fun. The guns are fun. Uh, simple story. I liked it. It was a good experience, and and it looks great. Um, I beat that. I got back into Final Fantasy fifteen. I'm really liking it. I'm on chapter eight. I'm still kind of doing it slow, but I'm actually starting to progress the story again. Uh, I think after I beat it, I'm going to get the season pass and do the extra stuff. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And the, so around like chapter eight, Gladius just kind of goes away for a little while. And I guess that's what his DLC covers him going and hanging out with Carr and them doing some yeah, stuff. Yeah, so have you gotten to that point in the game yet? I have, where he went away and then he came back and he's got a new yeah, scar. Yeah, so uh, th- not a spoiler for anyone because obviously Gladio comes back. But whenever he comes back, the, the side mission you go on where you go into the reactor with the other hunter. Yeah, it's so obvious. It's like, know? Gladio, just shut up. We yeah. know it's you. I heard his voice and I was like, and then knocked is like, you sound familiar. I'm like, of course he does. It's him. It's your best friend. And he's like, he's like, oh, I wonder who trained you. You're pretty, you're pretty good. It's just dumb. There's like no mystery at all. I'm like, it's very obviously him. 
But I guess maybe Noctis is just that dumb. I think he is. I think he's just dense. I wish Nyx was in the game. God I damn it. know. I want Nyx Ulrich DLC. They but... don't even mention him. And no. that's a tragedy. It's very sad. He was a very cool character. I liked his hair. Um, you could get on. If you could, if you launch 15, go into the special menu and you can do a survey about what content you want to see next. It's not really even a survey. It's just one question. It says, what content do you want to see next? And there's a list of like 15 things. I chose um, more stuff with Carr because I really like him. So yeah, yeah. I suggest just just launch the game, choose one. You can only do it once. Um, it's just nice because that's going to affect what they put in the game next. Uh, there is going to be they're going to add like monster truck wheels to the car, and you can go off road. They're doing that soon. That's going to be a free content update. See, uh, actually. Since I own both 15 and Persona 5, I'm half tempted to go back to 15 to just finish it before I go to Persona. I think you should. Did you never beat 15? it? No, no. I, I'm just after where Gladio comes back. Okay, that's that's like where I am too. Yeah. Well, I just went to uh, Luna Freya's kingdom place with all the the water stuff that's that's my next thing is i've got to get on the boat yeah apparently that's where like you see leviathan and things but i just got on the boat i'm there i haven't started like the serious story because there's a bunch of monster hunts in that city that you can do at night and it gets you a lot of experience and a lot of money um but i think after you start the main story thing i don't think you can come back so i was just doing all those and that took some time so i haven't actually continued to the leviathan thing or whatever happens next that's all i know i just know that that's when that happens but i don't know what happens because i've been pretty media blackout on it i think it's been spoiled for me so i'm i still am going in blind which is a great way to play that game and um i'm thinking about getting the dlc i'm just well i'm pretty sure i'm going to get the season pass i guess part of me is deciding should i get it now and then play the gladios stuff or should I just wait till I'm done with the whole thing and then do the Gladio stuff? Because I think the Prompto one takes place after the whole game. But the Gladio stuff takes place before the point I'm in now. So I'm like, should I just do it to see what his story was? Or should I just wait till I'm done? Like, do you get... I guess I should read if you get anything that carries over into the game other than just a shirtless skin for Gladio. Because I'm not going to have him run around shirtless. That's weird. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> I mean, I get why some people would. He's a sexy man. But, like, I don't want him running around shirtless. Come on, man. No shirts, no shoes, no service. We know the rules. Uh, but anyway, so Final Fantasy XV, I am looking forward to playing it and beating it. I'm liking the pace. I'm enjoying the game. I think it's the right length. I don't feel like it's too short. I feel like there's enough side content to stretch it out if you want. I'm liking it. Um, I'm getting back into Witcher 3. Finally, I know I say this all the time and then I play it for like an hour or two and then I get distracted. You know, maybe that'll happen again. I don't know. I hope not. I really want to get into it. Um, let's see. Uh, I haven't really touched Ghost Recon Wildlands in a few weeks or Rainbow Six. So I, I mean, I'm sure I'll come back and play them at some point. I don't know. And I did finally beat, uh, Titanfall 2. It's like a nine-hour game. Super cool. They do some weird time travel stuff. And that like there's just some cool stuff that happens in that game that I had no idea was going to be in that single player. And then I hopped in the multiplayer, and I'm really liking it too. I'm, I don't know. It took me a while, but Titanfall's got me back on board. So I'm, um, I'm kind of sad that it didn't do well. We may not get a Titanfall 3, at least for a long time. 
that makes me sad because I'm really digging too. I think it was a great game. I think it was very underappreciated. Um, and then, yeah, that's about it. That's pretty much it. So Final Fantasy 15, Witcher 3, and I just beat Titanfall and Ratchet and Clank. So that's kind of where I'm at and what I'm playing. Anyway, uh, do you got anything else? I think that does it for us. Uh, the only thing that I... Coming up in the next two weeks, I will actually be a cosplay guest at a con down in Atlanta. That's exciting, um, man. Coslyseum Cosplay Con. Uh, I'm running two panels and have a table and everything set up. So if you listen to the podcast and you're going to be in the area, come out. It'll be a fun time. We'll hang and, out. And you were you were invited to that, right? Yeah, so I'm a paid guest. That's pretty sweet, man. That's like hard work pays off, you know? Hey, sometimes, and I don't, I'm even terrible at social media and stuff like that, so. <laughs> but you're pretty, pretty damn good at cosplaying, so, you know, I think, I think people see the work and it shows, shows you put a lot of effort into it. Yeah, my, uh, my Dark Souls one has been getting a ton of love recently. I, I love that costume. I think that, I don't know, I was showing that to uh, Michelle the other day, like I saw it on my Instagram feed and I was like, look at, look at this shit Bucky made, like. And I just kind of showed her a lot of your guys kind of like swiping through. I was like, look at all the stuff he does. Like he does this all himself. You know, it's not like you commission people like you do it. You see a costume you want to make, you fucking make it. So keep it up. Yeah. Geralt is actually next. I'm excited for that. Are you going to try and do some actual like leather working for some of it? Yes. I have a whole hide of leather upstairs in the workshop right now that I, uh, I've got, I'm going to, it's already been tanned. I just need to cut everything, dye it, stamp it, all that cool stuff. I'm really excited to see how that turns out. So definitely uh, definitely keep us updated with that one. Yeah, we will do. All right. Well, um, you get uh, listeners, you can find us on Podcast Addict or any of your favorite RSS reader. Just look cool, uh, cool domain. You can find us on Facebook. You can shoot us an email at cooldomainpodcast at gmail.com. Um, or you can shoot us a message on Facebook too. We'll definitely get to those. Uh, that's probably more likely that we will read. But if you have any questions or something you want us to talk about or touch on or corrections, uh, feel free to reach out to us. Um, yeah, we're on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, pretty much anywhere. Just look up Cool Domain Podcast. You should be able to find us. And um, yeah, so give us a like, give us a subscribe. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, thanks for listening. Lasers. Lasers. Lasers.